0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super duper episode
1: of The Mind Pump, oh, yeah. The Duperist. For the first 49 minutes with your introductory conversation, Adam talks about his new neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? Won't
2: you be my neighbor? Then
1: we talk about small talk. I hate that crap. Uh, we talk about my daughter's starring role,
2: future mind pup employee, in yeah. the
1: uh, in the play for her school, and then we mentioned Felix Gray uh, blue blocking glasses and the dangers of blue light. Now these glasses are awesome looking. You can wear them during the day. They're clear. They're not the orange ugly ones. Look handsome as fuck. Yeah,
3: to look like one of those dorks.
1: They're one of our new sponsors. If you go to Felix Gray glasses, that's spelled F E L I X. G-R-A-Y glasses.com forward slash mind pump. You'll get free shipping and free returns if you want to get a different pair. Then Adam talks about his Organifi Protein Oatmeal Breakfast. Look out. He had a huge punch bowl mm-hmm. of oatmeal. Hope he doesn't get fat before we do our weigh-in. We are sponsored <laughs> by Organifi. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump, enter the code mind pump. You'll get twenty percent off. Then we talk about the benefits of walking. After eating, Google's workout and meal plan, Artificial Intelligence. Oh, shit, it's here. And the future of fitness. I'd also like to mention our new YouTube video, Prone Cobra Improves Your Posture. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. The guy in the video is super handsome. Cobra Kai. Then we get into the questions. The first question was... What are our thoughts on Mike Menser's school of thought when it comes to lifting? Mike Menser, bodybuilder from the 70s. Only Sal was alive. He said, <laughs> he said, all you need to do is one set, super <sighs> high intense set per body part, and that's all you needed. And we debate whether or not that's actually effective. The next question was, this poor young lady, we feel very sad and very empathetic for her. Her boyfriend's farts are rancid. Wow. They're blowing her away. Poor girl. We remember those days. She thinks it's the weight gainers and protein powders he's taking. We talk about why it's probably not a good idea to take protein powders and stuff like that when your farts smell that bad. It's not a good sign. Oh. Next question was, uh, what do we think of the recent movement against masculinity? Uh, controversy alert. Trigger. It gets a little controversial in that part yeah, of this we got episode. We a little heated. And finally, we end the episode off with some nice positivity. What positive qualities have we picked up from one another since podcasting? I got crabs. It is a group. <laughs> it is a group hand job in that part of this episode. Oh yeah. Also,
2: we Maps, went all over the place. We went from trades to talk about the someone uh, who likes to know about the business will enjoy. Who knows?
1: It. Maps performance is fifty percent off. This is it, it. Ends. This is the final hours tonight. Final hours. Oh my god! You better hurry. Half off. Use the code green. G-R-E-E-N, the number 50. Go to mindpumpmedia.com. If you don't get it now, you're going to have to pay twice as much Forever. later on. Again, mindpumpmedia.com. Use the code
2: GREEN50. I go yesterday to this Zanatos, which is uh, it's right up the street from me. It's right down the road on Fox. So it's a butcher or is there a, a, it's a grocery, grocery store, store? It's a market. Okay. It's, Willow Glen's, it's Willow Glen's classy market. Okay. they have the best sandwiches? Their Bro, meat? Oh, their man. meat is it was, I bought a $60 ribeye. Like buying it from a butcher that, I mean, it's like, it was, it was like a freaking four inch, you know, pound and a half. What are
1: they feeding that ribeye? Ribeye? Oh, dude.
2: (laughs) But our ribeyes double ribeye. But anyways, I walk in the place and cannibal cannibal ribeye. It's just, I, I pull into the parking lot and parking lot's clean. I walk into the grocery store. The grocery store is immaculate. As soon as I walk in, someone who works there greets me and says, Hi. You know, and, and I walk back towards the butcher. Butcher, there's, there's probably, I don't know, he's probably about a 60, 65-year-old black guy named Ernie. And it, I walk up right away, and he says, hey, man, have we met before? Like, as soon as we walked up, I said, no, this is actually my first time here, man. I just moved in the neighborhood. He says, hey, I'm Ernie, man. I work, and he tells me, like, when he works. I'm see? your guy. Yeah, totally right. Oh, I Did love he? that. And super friendly, asked me my name, and says, hey, welcomes the neighborhood. Adam gives me, like, a little fist bump. And then uh, what can I do? for you? What can I do you for, man? And I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a good ribeye, man. And he goes, oh, and he starts showing me all the oh, cuts. He closed you. He gets oh, commission, g- bro. <laughs> this, just the service, yep. just the service, and uh, that I felt, and what I keep getting in the in this neighborhood. So then I go back home. I'm grilling up my my, my steaks, and uh, one of my neighbors walks by, walks up to my, and I have this this front patio area. It's really cool. I like it. It's it's really roomy and i have a real big you know table that we can eat outside plus i have like a you know wicker table chairs and everything so we can hang out there it's a really nice little setup in the front and i'm grilling out there the the ribeyes and the neighbor comes walking by and kind of peeks his head over the fence hey adam how you doing i feel bad because i I, you know we only we met the first time forgot his name forgot his name you know (laughs) he remembers mine real well and (laughs) so i feel kind of bad he comes walking over and says hi
1: Hey, Just say boss. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, boss. Hey, boss. Yeah, chief. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Chief boss. What's up, Buddy. man? Buddy. Yeah. yeah. Neighbor. Champ. What's up, neighbor? Hey, champ. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, neighbor? You know, yeah. That's what I did. So he he leans over and he's uh, he's talking to me and stuff like that. Oh man, what you cooking up? And we're top chopping up for a few minutes. And he says, Hey, man, just to you know, just so you should you know, we're on a we're on a kind of a busy area over here. And even though we don't get very many break-ins, you know, you might want to get like a little padlock right here because you have some really nice stuff. That you have on your patio, and you never know. And he goes, you know, I have one. You can come check out mine if you want to see the one I got. It fits really good on here, and you know, just come by, just come over to my place. Well, wow, that's you. great, right? And then it's he's like, old school neighborhood. Well, yeah. And then he's like, uh it's better, dude. He's like, you know, so the HOAs around here, you know, they're real, they're real strict about putting things on your walls and stuff like that. But I'll show you where you can hide cameras so the HOAs don't know there's cameras there for you, and then you can keep <laughs> it on your stuff. He's like, you know, come check mine out. I'll show you. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he says, hey, and then, you know, just. Anytime you got you and Katrina leave town, just you know, drop me your number and let me know you guys are leaving and we'll make sure we come by the house and we'll we'll keep an eye on it for you when you're gone and stuff. And I'm just like, Man. Boom!
1: Yeah, dude. Just what if you're in a neighborhood that jacked the fuck out of what me. What if you're in a neighborhood
3: that's <laughs> yeah? <laughs> like, yeah I see, real got, got real nice stuff. No, what I, if it's, <laughs> um, I, I'm willing to watch your place for a while. That's the neighborhood and, uh, I'm used to living in, what yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if it's a
1: what if it's a ring of swingers and they're just warming you guys? You know what I mean? Oh wow! Hey man, listen. Hey, there's hey, another, another angle. You ever wanna you ever wanna use my stuff? Just come over. And, oh, yeah, by yeah. the yeah. way, if you ever fuck my shower. wife, my oh, wife will be in the house. I guess this closet you
3: might be interested in. Open it. There's there's things in there. They're
1: like warming you up. They had a meeting. We got, uh, some, yeah, we got some new yeah. neighbors. Uh, they're, they're pretty good looking. Yeah, the, yeah. the bed rotates. Yeah. The dude's uh, kind of jacked. The girl's yeah. pretty hot. I think we should. Uh, well, what do we? Okay, give it three months. Let's make him feel at home, comfortable. I'll get him drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're gonna find yeah, um, out what's really going on. I'm
2: digging it though, man. I I really. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's I, really cool to live in a in a neighborhood where people. Communicate with each other. I'm not I hate u- to say it, you're not like I'm,
3: isolated. Like you're actually yeah. communicating. Here's,
1: here's what trip Especially me. when you have kids, by the way. Yeah, it's, yeah. If, if I feel really good when that happens. Right,
2: right. So, this, so okay, I'm, Katrina and I were walking last night. Well, you know, we'll go out. I mean, last night we were walking at nine o'clock at night. And, you know, what's great is I don't care if you're walking at nine, 10 o'clock at night, or you're walking at five o'clock in the morning, because I've done that already both times. And every time I'm out there, there's at least. Five or six neighbors doing the same thing, exercising or walking their dogs, and they everyone that walks by greets you and everything. It's just, and what it reminds me, I grew up this way. It's been a long time, so I moved to the Bay Area when I was twenty, and you know I, I bought my house on East Side San Jose, which is a little bit rougher side of town. I live in a gated community two of my cars got jacked, you know, like I've had, I've had some issues over there and there was break-ins and things like that. And just neighbors kept to themselves. It was kind of, it was Mm -hmm. like that. Then I moved to Southside San Jose with Katrina and a little bit nicer neighborhood, but still kind of keeps to yourself. Also had a vehicle jacked in front of that house and there was break-ins. We had mail that had been broken into. So also not the nicest of areas either. And when I grew up, we grew. I grew up in a very small town. Even though it wasn't like a fancy, rich neighborhood, it mm-hmm. was just small town. And so, you know, when you drove by, it's one main street. People, you know, you drive by and you people wave out the car to people. You know, yeah. they wave as you drive yeah. by another car that you recognize because you see them yeah. all the time. They talk in the grocery store. It's just, and I forgot what that was like to feel that way. Yeah. And it's cool.
1: It's cool. There's downsides to it too. I could see. I could imagine the downside because if, sometimes it's too nosy. Well, sometimes if I'm if I'm walking and then. I see the neighbor down there. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, he's going to talk to me. Yeah. I got to walk this way <laughs> yeah, now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or yeah, oh, I better sometimes. pretend like I'm on the phone. You I, know. Know? I know I sound like an asshole. Or, but yeah, like I owe favors. You wanna-
3: like, you know, like, like, <laughs> here's the thing like i love my neighbors and I, and it's great because like we do communicate like that like you're talking about and it's like i know you know what you know what's going on and this and that but then sometimes i know too much you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you see like the cops show up and you're like wait a Whoa. minute yeah well it was like it's one of those things where uh you know one of them has like a, like severe depression and so like it was like trying to hurt himself and so it's just things that you don't want to like find out you know the hard way but like there's also times where, like I'm helping them, like and building things yeah. and doing this, and then it's like you know I like they're helping me, so like you have to reciprocate. And it's funny, they're, you know my eggs, you
1: know like we work hard to have these stupid eggs.
2: You know? yeah. <laughs> they're eating your eggs. It's, see, for me, for me, it's like <laughs> I have myself.
1: I don't like small talk that much because it feels awkward. So you know when you meet someone like when your neighbors and, and you know it's going to be a a ten, five to ten minute conversation at, at the most. Because yeah. they're doing something, you're doing something. And so it's that five minute, like small talk. And I'm not—I don't like small talk. I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, yeah. So uh, hey, so what's going on? Would you go? This you know, I'm been... working a lot, and you know, I just want to be like, hey, man,
2: what do you think the universe is like? Do you think it's
1: like a consciousness? <laughs> like, I, you know, I can't do that in five minutes. So I'm just like, okay, I don't know
3: what like, to do here. Well, come I, over and hang out my study. You, you
2: may have been conditioned the other way because this is what I've what I noticed is just neat. It's neat to notice uh, the the transition that I'm going through right now because I grew up in it for. The first 20 years of my life, then the last 15 years of my life, I've, I've, the other side of it. And now I've kind of, I'm back to this kind of yeah. community feeling and I've actually, I've caught myself. Like when I first got there, like, you know, I would do normally me, I'd walk by someone who's walking by and just, I would be looking at my phone or kind of like, give be, them a the head nod. Maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe that or what that where. You know, I was like, oh shit, like these people all like make eye contact, they all acknowledge yeah. that I'm walking by and say hi, good evening, good morning, things like that. And I've had to retrain myself to be that guy because I've conditioned myself to be kinda of like how you are, just like, oh, I don't want to get into small talk, I'll just keep going type mm-hmm. of deal. But I feel this sense of community in the area. And, I, and I, I appreciate it. It feels right. awkward. I feel so, weird. So you
3: want to contribute to it because, you know, it, it is a good thing. Yeah. know though, like, you're, you're kind of reserved I, still. You I, I want your own thing.
2: I, I, I'm
1: just, you know, when I say that, that's me personally, but because yeah. I have kids, I do appreciate knowing people and knowing people around me. Right. I like that because then you feel you feel a little safer. I don't know if it's real, you know, oh, real you, more safety, but you definitely feel well, safer. it is.
3: I mean, we had break-ins from, like, well, they- the thing is where I live there's a lot of like vacation homes and so there's open like cabins and so you'll see every now and then like uh like smoke coming out of one. Oh like of them. a squatter? Yeah, like a squatter. So like a uh, homeless person will come through and like they'll find it. And so we actually put the smack down on that and like one my next door neighbor like was like, Hey, I see smoke and like come with me and like we're grabbing like bats and pitchforks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like going in there. He's like, I need your muscle, this and that, like I'm like, all right, man. Made Justin's day. Well, all right, I, man. Get, I
1: I'll, to I'll be the enforcer. To <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Let's do this, you know. Fuck, yeah. yes, yesterday I went to uh, my son's. Uh, op- they have a, like an open house where you sit down and you hear the teachers talk and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I go in there, and um, you know, my ex was out of town. She, you know, she she was out of town this this whole last week, and so I was there by myself. And and uh, you know, it reminds me of why I disliked school so much. nothing. The teachers are great. Everybody's nice. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But the sitting down in the classroom and hearing the person or the teacher talk and she's got like a slide type of thing and she's talking about this is what we're doing here and this is what we're doing there. And and I'm fighting to focus. I'm like, I find myself like thinking about the business or my workout or something else. Oh shit, I got to pay attention because this may be something I need to remember. And it just reminds me of that whole...
2: Bro, I can't. I, Im- I, can't believe- I can't imagine you in that setting. Mm. You can't sit fucking ten minutes in one of our meetings. <laughs> no, it drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for me not yeah, to get yeah. mad because I'm just like, that's just salad. It's like, fuck yeah, it. I can't. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just,
1: if I get up and move, I can. I can do it. I can pay attention. It's so distracting yeah. when you do that though, because everybody
2: else is focused in the meeting. And then you see this guy get up and he's fucking stretching in the middle of a conversation. He's like, Jesus! But you can't even sit in one of our meetings. I can't imagine school no. on a subject that you're at least this business you're interested yeah. in. We're school. I imagine. No, if we're be-
1: talking and conversing, it's fine. It's, no, yeah, yeah no, it's no, no, when no. I hear the you know, and, and and God, look, God bless Casey, love Casey to death. He will talk about a subject for yeah, he'll, he'll go he on for a long time, long. and then I'll start to lose my focus. So that's right. when I stand up and. So I remember that. I remember how you know what it was like, and I'm sitting. There, I'm like, oh yeah, man, that's, this feels, that's the entire school.
3: Yeah, of, uh, career for me. It's yeah.
1: funny though. One of the one of the dads. He's probably listening, listening right now. So give him a shout out. But. One of the dads, who's my, he's his son, is my son's friend. He comes up to me, and we're sitting in the in the beginning of this whole thing, and he goes, "Hey man," he goes, "How did that uh, that all day workout come out?" And I'm looking, and it didn't it didn't register, you know. And I looked at him, I'm like, "How'd you know I did that?" He's like, "Well, I listened to your show." And I was like, "Oh shit." He listens to our show and then I thought about all the shit that I've said on the show and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now the parents of the kids that you know that my kids hang out with yeah, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> whatever it's good times. But you does it, you do at first
2: get a little bit
3: like oh, a oh. Little, little bit of panic, yeah. When, when people say that, like, oh yeah, I listen to this and that and the other yeah. I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is I, real.
2: I used to feel that way at the beginning, but not so much now because I feel like the show's really evolved. There, we found a way, and I'm really I'm glad we did find a way to still have fun, cut loose, and not censor. But then I I think there was a lot of nerves at the beginning of the show, like when we first started because we didn't know what the fuck we're doing. Or well, you know
1: what it is. Uh, it, it, what it is now is we're challenging each other <clears throat> to be ridiculous. In well, the that, beginning. that yeah. for sure. But even now, sometimes we go off, and what it is is. You know, there's people that you're 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 not super close with. You're just friends with through either through school or through whatever, and so the version of you that they see is that yeah, version, the, the
2: vajazzle yeah. you know, episode. <laughs> like you know what, the, like like that. That's what I'm saying though. Is like we we've moved away from things that are like so. But it was like the shock and awe approach. I mean, it was sure. part of the strategy when we first started. Was we were gonna have all this great information, but then we were also gonna be out just totally outlandish over something.
1: Yeah, but I mean, think of all the people that you know that know this side of you that deep and they just don't because you don't have that that close of a relationship. So it's it's automatically, it's look at it, sometimes I get uncomfortable even when it's someone I don't know who recognizes me because they know way more about me than I know about them and you right. can feel that. You can feel it when you talk to them like, oh, they they feel like they know me and they kind of do. They've, they've heard me for you know 40, 50, 100 hours or whatever. So it's just an interesting feeling but then to add on top of that, you know it's someone i didn't expect you know to listen to the show so Dude, I was a little bit like
3: uh, so what's interesting like so at your kid's school do they have like um like an app that yeah yeah so like i just downloaded this first time this has happened because it didn't happen with my oldest but my youngest he's in kindergarten and, like, I have an app to keep track of, like, all of his behavior, like, all of his assignments, oh, wow. like, communicate with the that's teacher, cool. like, real time. It's, like. Wow, that's I pretty was cool. Like, whoa, you dude. You can see Yeah, I was, like, so transparent. It's crazy. It
1: takes helicopter parenting to the whole, to it's, whole new it's level. It's almost,
3: yeah, I was, like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I, I like it. I appreciate it. But at the same time, I'm, like, he's in kindergarten. What am I going to, like, he's. Like pasting stuff.
2: <laughs> you know? kidding, yeah. Like what, like what? Yeah. No, but well, I, mean, I guess, I mean, it's cool. Like, if you all like, for example, like, let's say, you know, home life, like, and this wouldn't be common for you guys because you guys have a really incredible relationships with your partners, but imagine if you were a parent and you were having a rough time with your partner or going through something and you have a kid in kindergarten mm-hmm. and then you, mm-hmm. you notice that he's, cost- yeah. he's acting out oh, absolutely. at yeah, school. Be, like, I mean, that huge. I could see that being a huge tool of like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like what a great reflection. Hopefully most parents are aware like this. You know, I, I know there's a lot that are not, but you know, they have the smarts to realize like, oh shit, my bad behavior and my poor relationship with my spouse at home is affecting my kindergartner and his, you know, pasting skills. Instead yeah. of pasting, he's fighting or he's yeah, you know or poking or people he's with in scissors. The corner, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, what I'm saying yelling like yelling or something. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I mean, wow, what a cool. But you're right, though, Sal. I could also see the other side of that, the extreme side of taking a a, a parent that's already a helicopter parent and just yeah. taking them to a whole new yeah. Level. To me, I'm just like I like that I have it, but I don't like yeah. I'm not like
3: obsessed like looking mm. at her.
1: Either. Oh, I told you guys. My tell you guys. You know, Mom, I told you guys my daughter was uh, auditioning for the play at school. Yeah, is it Charlotte's Web. Yes, yes. Did so she, she get it? She got the starring role, bro. Whoa. She's Wilbur.
2: Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow.
1: So she's gonna be the 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 pig. That's obviously amazing. That, yeah, that, that talks to the spider or whatever. So I go to pick her up afterwards. Now was she excited? With was that something that
2: ha- that she wanted? She to
1: wanted that part. Okay, but she's in th- you know she's in third grade and there's all the way up to. Sixth I think sixth grade that is all, that does all the auditioning. Oh wow! Bro, and so she's
3: going to get into like entertainment.
1: Bro, she loves it. She loves it. I told her I, 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 when she came out of the classroom, I could see the look on her face, and she was kind of like, she was happy, but you could tell she was thinking in her head, like, "I'm going to do this," you know. Yeah. So I'm like, "So what's going on? What you know? What's your part?" And she like hands me the paper, and it sees I see Wilbur, and I'm like, and then all these parents are like, "Oh my god, congratulations, your daughter's whatever." So we got on the phone with you know my ex, so I could tell my ex, you know, so she could tell her mom what she did and and I'm like are are you nervous are you scared she goes no I'm so excited I can't wait to do this so so crazy I, w- I would have never I would have never done that at that age yeah. to get on stage like that I would have been afraid
3: Seems like a natural fit huh
1: Yeah and then they have the all the rehearsals and they'll tell, they'll say which parts need to rehearse and she's obviously going to be rehearsing every single time there's a rehearsal cuz she's one of the main so she has to memorize a shit ton of lines. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is at that mm-hmm. young age already. It too. is. Yeah. She likes it. She's, she apparently she likes doing that kind of stuff. It's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, is cool. And is the fact cool. that we have a media company is kind of interesting. So you know, maybe later on she could. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. No,
2: this thing's gotta evolve sooner or later. Yeah, like you know I saying? said,
1: we're building our you can Tell right our stories <laughs> <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got to have some kids, Adam. <laughs> yeah. We won't need to hire anybody. No, come on, man. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: we'll be all <laughs> set, dude. We'll be All set. So what do you
1: what do you think of the glasses
3: that Adam and I? I think you guys are. I mean, you look like nerds, but like intelligent. You know, like sophisticated, bro. I'm I'm a little jealous, actually. I'm not wearing mine, so I,
2: you know. I I'm in love with them, dude, and I'll tell you why. So, I remember when you know we were first addressing the the sleep thing and the and I've been aware of blue blockers for a long time. I've just not been a fan of the dorky orange glasses, right? And I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I can at least wear them at night when I when I'm in bed and try and discipline myself if I'm on the computer or so that. And so I I bought a pair. You know, this was last year, sometime. And i got them by the bed, and for a little while I was using them. But the thing that started to really drive me crazy was, you know, one of the things that Katrina and I do a lot of times around 9, 10 o'clock, we unwind and we watch a couple of our favorite Netflix shows and we and we fall asleep, and the orange glasses turn the screen all fucking weird colors and so it just and i did it a few times but i was like man this sucks like it ruins the experience of watching a show it's like being colorblind watching so i can imagine what that what that feels like especially being someone who had could see color and then you don't so it it started to bug the shit out of me and so then i'd be really inconsistent with wearing them and so i was like whatever well then the felix gray relationship happens well taylor starts talking to them and he shows me the brand and i'm like okay this is really cool yeah. And they actually don't have the amber lens. And I remember the first time I tried them on and I was like, well, I don't know because I don't get as tired. Like when I wear the amber ones after about an hour wearing them, I t- I get tired. I can feel myself actually mm-hmm. wind down. And I wasn't feeling that with the Felix Grey. So I kind of was under the impression that these just don't work as well. Yeah. And so I wasn't. Well, you're using them for the same exact purposes. Right. right. Yeah. But then I find out that it's, they're different. That's why. They're
1: made for daytime use. Yes. And they're made to protect. Because you guys saw that study that came out, right? That showed how blue light is basically just damaging to yeah. the eyes. Yeah. Here's something else that- They're still trying to get a handle on well, that. Well, here's something else that we learned that oh, as you age, your, your, your eyes develop a pigment that helps protect them against blue light a little bit. But that doesn't happen until you're around 40. So, when you're a kid, especially when you're young or a young adult, you don't really have too much protection, and blue light causes damage. They were showing that blue light, pretty much at any level, c- can cause damage to the eyes. Well, so, these Felix Grey glasses are made for daytime use, especially if your job includes uh, computer working in front and phone. Of a computer. Yeah. Right.
2: And now, so the part that I found interesting was, it, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she said that it blocks like 90% of the the high blue light which is what we get from the high energy blue light yeah high energy blue light which is what we get from the phones and the computer screens and TVs mm-hmm. but it, not so much from the sun right so we still you're still absorbing some of the blue light from the sun but then when you have like these computer which this is what i really want it for cuz on i'm on the computer that's yeah. what i i'm on, i'm on the computer late at night and in, that wouldn't allow me to wind down i would definitely be I would work for two, three hours sitting there looking, especially looking at numbers and shit, dude. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: what's interesting is I always attributed that to like my prescription because I have to have like reading glasses for just specifically screens because my eyes would hurt and then I get headaches. And that was a real issue of mine. So I'm actually really excited to try. They actually have like reading glasses with like the blue light block. I guess as as an option as well. I didn't know that, so I'm I, I'm trying to get those. But I was initially using them wrong too. So I was wearing the Felix as I was like reading, you know, paper like old school like books. Yeah, you know, and like now I'm like, oh wow, okay. So after you know that conversation with uh, the CEO, it's like okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to use it every time I'm using my phone cause I'm always on the phone. It's, it's been affecting.
1: Well, me. Well, so here's the thing. So I pulled up the, the study. It was from the scientists at the university of Toledo and they, they, they've figured out how blue light can lead to macular degeneration, permanent eye damage. And so what they found with the study is, so there's these, uh, what do they call retinol, um, which is produced by the eye and it's triggered by blue light and it causes all these chemical reactions. And they can be poisonous to the photoreceptor cell mo- molecules that, and th- and then they get damaged and they don't regenerate. And and you know we're in a we're in a period of time. By the way, macular degeneration is on the rise, and it makes sense why, you know, f- we are in front of these electronic screens way more than ever. And not only that, but at younger uh, ages, well, way is, more than well, ever. This is mm-hmm. this
2: goes back. We just had a episode recently where I kind of went on my rant of you know i think we're in we're in for it in the next 10 years on this thing what we're going to see with these kids and some of the the backlash from mm-hmm. the and I, I was speaking more towards the posture but this is another one like you know what kind of damage are they going to do their eyes being staring at screens for we don't we don't have something like that where someone actually spent this much time staring at computer screens for right. 20 30 Years of their life, and then doing it at such a young age. Yeah, all day. That's
1: it. They consider this: if you have a kid, if you if you have children today, right? Forget playing on computers and iPhones because they do a lot of that too. But even if they just do their homework, they're going to be. When I was a kid, I I was never in front of a computer because nobody had computers, and you didn't do your homework uh, on a computer. It didn't happen until I got into high, like later on in high school. But kids today, even my third grader. She's going to do homework and she does it on a computer. Then, of course, they play on their phones or whatever. And, of course, as adults, the vast majority of jobs today include looking at Mm -hmm. these electronic screens for a majority of the day. And if you don't, you still have a phone and you look at it all day. And so how do you protect your eyes against that? And, yes, you can wear the amber-colored glasses that do that. But then it, it does. It changes everything different. And you're wearing orange glasses. The Felix Grey glasses are clear And they block 90% of this, what they call high energy blue light. And then they also, the company places a lot of time and energy in making them look good. And so now you wear glasses all day uh, to protect yourself.
3: It's also interesting for me to think because I remember like we'll listen to somebody talk like uh, Dr. Mercola and they have like, you know, all these things they're super concerned with, like even like Wi-Fi and uh, you know, blue light. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, yeah, maybe, but that, you know, how much is that really affecting you? But now you think about kids that are growing up with, you were, we were never exposed to that much time, you know, mm-hmm. with these new things and this new technology and these new, uh, you know, potential, uh, whatever, you know, whatever they're doing to us, like we haven't been around it as long. And so they're growing up with that. So like, You know, the amount of exposure is going to be really, like, alarming.
1: Well, here are the, the side effects of what blue light can do that most people feel, right? Most people know. You sit in front of a computer too long or your phone. You get headaches. Eyes start to feel a little blurry. You start to feel fatigued. Those are all the symptoms of eye strain that's happening from looking at these screens. And, you know, it was Adam that convinced me to wear them all day because we got the glasses and I was just wearing them at night, uh, you know, like you did originally. And then you start wearing them during the day and you're like, dude, I don't get headaches anymore. Mm-hmm. So I remember I used to get a headache all the time yeah, well, when what, you're on your phone. What I noticed, and, yeah. I, and
2: I made this connection, maybe, I don't know, I want to say it was like, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast. It was like a good three, maybe six months ago when we were getting into the long fast. Mm. And I did a long, I did one of those 48 hour plus fasts. And I not only did I not because it was on a weekend, so I didn't work that weekend on the computer. I didn't uh, eat any food, and then when I reintroduced food and I went back to like working on my computer, I was super sensitive. Mm. I was on the computer for only like an hour, which is like nothing. I can I could remember sp- you sp- I, could, I could spend and I had this fucking massive headache, and then I did it again. I still had one, but it was less of a headache. And then then what I noticed is like because of course I can't stop working. I'm still working on my phone. I'm still working on my computer. Sure, my body started to adapt to it, and the headaches started to subside. But the fact that it caused a headache because I was so sensitive because I was fasted like that and I hadn't been on my computer screen, this kind of light bulb went off for me. Like, I wonder what I'm doing to my blue, body. A blue yeah. light bulb. Yeah, I wonder what I'm. What, I wonder what I'm <laughs> doing to my body. For for it to give me that response initially, and then because I keep forcing you know the staring at yeah. the screen, that eventually it just adapts. Like that can't be good, yeah. and that was kind of like the first the first time. Well,
1: my, well, I so I'm I'm worm now if I'm on the computer, and then I, I got some for my kids, and they they you know they don't have the kids sizes yet, but I got the regular size. It's fine, and I tell them put these on if you're going to work on your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what else is interesting about that is the uh, the stigma around glasses in general has changed so much from when we were kids. When i was a kid, if you wore glasses we all poor the time, eyes. yeah, and you could yeah. get picked on or whatever. Now people wear glasses just cuz they look cool. I mean, yeah. even i put them on and i'm walking around and everybody's like, "Oh man, those look really yeah. you look really good. Yeah. You look good yeah. in those." I'm you like, look, "Man, back in the sharp. day you didn't want to wear glasses." You yeah. know, it's sick. It's so different. Uh, Adam, tell me about your Insta story, uh, Massive Bowl of Oatmeal, and how that's going to help you win this contest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's actually the first bowl of oatmeal that I've had in probably- Dude, that wasn't
1: that a bowl. That was like a punch bowl of, of that's oatmeal. That's my Red
2: Bull. That's the famous Red Bull.
1: Damn. How yeah. much oatmeal was I in know. there? How
2: much? It's one. Cu- it was
1: one cup of oatmeal. Now you measure one cup dry.
2: Yeah, one cup dry. Okay. So What's what
1: there? is that? Sixty grams of carbs? No, no
2: more than that, it's seventy. It's like uh, what twenty-eight and twenty-eight. So what is it? Fifty-six. Oh, okay, so fifty-six. Yeah, yeah, so somewhere around there, give or take. But then I actually do uh, blueberries, strawberries, and then I have the vanilla Organifi uh, protein that I put in there. It's
1: good with oatmeal, right? Mm. Yeah. Well,
2: you get kind of that because it, it without it, oatmeal can be very plain. So in this, I gave it a little more flavor. Well, this was a bodybuilding thing even before we were sponsored by Organifi. Apparently,
1: they've been mixing oatmeal protein forever. Oh, I wasn't aware of. Oh,
2: forever. I've been doing. I was doing this a long time ago, um, and like I said, long before Organifi came along and became our sponsor, I was doing this because what I put together a long time ago was, you know, when you when I make the oatmeal, it can be plain and dry. You add a little bit of fruit and you add a protein powder that has flavor to it, vanilla, chocolate, whatever, and you stir it in there. And then now the oatmeal tastes amazing. And then oatmeals, obviously you don't you're not getting any protein from that. So I kick the protein up with the the protein powder from Organifi. And then I do the three eggs. And so now I have a decent meal full of protein. Now I hadn't done oatmeal though in a long time. The reason why I did it was I just went. I did a a, a carnivore day yesterday. They, wait, 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 just meat? I didn't eat all day long, and then I had a, a one and a half pound ribeye. I saw that, but you had veggies too, though. Spin it. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, I shouldn't say carnivore okay. day. So I had I had. A, no, dare you doing it wrong? I bro. know.
1: Correction. I know, right.
2: You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> carnivore police. Sorry. <laughs> and I, yeah, I had butter. So I only had two thousand calories the entire day. And basically, uh, what I did was fasted, right? So I did the night before, I think my last meal was at like mm, six. And so I did about 24 hour fast. Cause I didn't, I think I ate about six 30 or seven, um, last night. And I had this, I cooked those big ass ribeyes and mine was, I think 1.6 uh, pounds all was, at once. Yeah.
1: How do you, di- do you digest that much meat at once? Okay.
2: Um, I did, although I, so I also went for a, remember I said I went for a walk with Katrina last night. Dude, walking night. after you eat is, it's like digestion, digestion turbo. Yeah. for sure. It's, it's been like a, I, I, I've said this on the show many times. You talk about like little staple hacks mm-hmm. that I've done now as an, an adult that I didn't do before that i like forever teach every person that I try and help with health and fitness and just teaching yourself to go for a fucking 20 minute stroll after you eat, especially a big meal like that, especially a big meal. Like if you eat a, a light, healthy, balanced meal, not that it's not important or won't help, it still absolutely will. But it's like, if we go out to dinner, like we go out to a restaurant or I eat something that's heavy like that, where I'm I'm pounding 1500 to 2000 calories in one meal, hundred percent. Well, unlocking.
1: when you walk, first off, gravity helps you digest. That's why your mouth is at the top and you're But is at the bottom. It goes downward with gravity. It's also why astronauts often have digestive issues in zero gravity. This is a big thing Mm. that people don't know about. Um, But so you're standing, first off, because a lot of people, what do they do after they get a big meal? They sit or lay down. Terrible for digestion. Now your body has to work against gravity or not working with it. The second thing is every step that you take, the jostling of movement and the muscles that pass through the body which are the hip flexors primarily because the hip flexors, especially one of the main ones, the psoas, goes through the body and is surrounded by your, your, your intestines, your digestive system. So every time you step, you're literally massaging food down and into the, the intestines and helping it get um, digested. And so like, for example, Jessica right now has been, lately, we're trying to figure out what's going on. She's lately been suffering from a little, little uh, acid reflux, which she's never really had before. But if she walks after she eats, she doesn't get it. And so that's what she's been doing so far as is a very simple, you know, treatment for that particular symptom. So it's... It's, it's, a, the, game it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a
2: game changer for me. And and I also noticed, too, that it, it promotes better habits after that. So like you said, very, very common thing for most of my life I used to do, which is eat a big dinner, plop down on the couch, put my favorite show or movie on and relax and then veg out for the rest of the night. Um where now, when I go for the walk, not only does it digest really well, I burn some some calories. I feel ten times better. Then when I come back home, like I'm I'm more active. Like I'm more I'm I'm. It's it's more likely I'm going to do the dishes or go work on a project or do something else besides just calling it a night. Yep. Because I'm still feeling good. The you other know? thing so.
1: too is uh, what do they call it? Postprandial, I think is the name. Is that what it's called, Doug? Postprandial meal or walk? I don't know. Activity. There's there's a term for moving after you, you you eat, but when you move before you eat or after you eat, so let's say you work out and eat, or you walk after you eat, both both of those uh, significantly improve insulin sensitivity. So, and one of the biggest problems with, uh, you know, chronic health problems that we have in modern societies is, uh, you know, insensitivity to, to insulin, which turns into diabetes and other problems, and even before it becomes diabetes, it, it causes problems. Well, if you move afterwards, and and here's the thing. I think a lot of people might be thinking like you're working out. No, no, it's a stroll. Oh, you're yeah. just going for a nice yeah. stroll outside. That's all you got to do, and you increase your body's ability to utilize those carbohydrates and proteins and even fats better, so it's not just better for digestion, which is better for your health, but it's also better for your health because you're making your body more sensitive to insulin when you need it to be. Because you're actually, the insulin now is spiked. That's what
2: happens post-meal. Post it's almost guaranteed I'm getting laid that night, too. I mean, it's a perfect what? time for, yeah, yeah, no. It's a perfect time for me to connect with my partner. Oh, I see. I mean, that has been like- and then you don't feel all bloated and gassy also. Yeah, yeah, no, right? <laughs> I mean, I guarantee someone's had a wife or a spouse or whatever that's, that never it's, sex, yeah. that's been, that's like opted out of sex because they feel like they have a rock in their stomach, right? Nobody wants to have sex after having two pounds of steak right right before. <laughs> I mean, Justin <laughs> may want to I, that, I but, make it happen. Yeah, but- yeah. Yeah. I mean when we when we go for just a walk side, man. this has been this is it's been like this double hack for me it's like the hack for the the nutrition and the health benefits and the digestive system like that's a no brainer but then it's also been the second hack of you know what a great time for me to leave my phone at home walk with my partner it's only 20 30 minutes maybe we every once in a while we stroll for an hour if like we're really in a deep conversation or just feeling like it but you know it's normally a 23 and then we have this opportunity to download each other on their day and connect to each mm-hmm. other which it just it seamlessly works right into the bedroom when we come home because we've got home we're all you know wired from work our minds are all over the place stressed out whatever like that then we have a nice good dinner together and then we go and we break for this nice little walk and while we're walking you know this is a uh, time for us to reconnect and then that's the natural transition to back to the bedroom it's and a, stuff it's, it's a, a
1: staple in many cultures in many cultures the the after meal walk is something that is just practiced by a lot of people i know in my family after eating and walking it's it's a big deal it's, it's what we tend to do it, you know me and my dad will go for a walk and have conversation or whatever and they've always said it ever since i was a kid the way they've said it is let's go walk because uh, it'll help our, our digestion and when you're a kid you don't get it you know why the hell adults are so preoccupied with digestion? I used to think that was so funny, yeah. but um it's very true. It's very, very true. And, it, and again, when you see things that are, are are part of cultures for long periods of time, and when they're a part of multiple cultures that really don't have any communication with each right. other, then you you know that there's probably something to it. And and you know, the, again, I don't remember. The, the, there's a term for it but it's post meal walking. Well, I talk
2: Dude. about it like crazy now just because I know I laughed about it as a trainer early on. So I feel mm-hmm. like I feel this I feel nece- it's necessary that I explain it and talk about it <laughs> so much because if you if, it, I feel bad man when when I was in my 20 to 25 if I was t- training a client and they brought up walking. Or talking about walking. Be like, like, waste of time. Yeah, yes. waste of time. You need to be in the gym. You need to be lifting weights. You need to be running. You need to be doing this. Like the thought process was just so different. And that's just because my mind wasn't there. Was it wasn't mature. It wasn't old enough. I hadn't experienced enough. And now, when they didn't teach it, right, right, exactly. I don't talk. Obviously, if I was I was a smart enough kid, then that if I had if I had me telling me that, like, I'll like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I can connect that, and I could help people out. Dude, that's-
3: every old client I ever had loved to tell me about, like. How they pooed you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's yeah, like, like they, uh, they just love to talk about. Oh, today was so you know difficult and it's true. <laughs> it was really struggling. It's in true. The,
1: like oh my god, my grandfather. If you felt anything other than good, his cure was that you need to go take a poop. He yeah. would always say like, no matter what, like what's the matter? How you feeling? <laughs> oh my, my knee hurts a little bit. You know what oh. you need? You need to go take a nice, nice poop. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean my knee hurts? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> No, no, no. you take a nice poop, you feel better. All I do is get some coffee. But you and you know Boom. You know what though? It makes sense because if yeah. my knee hurt and I went and took a good poop, I still would feel better. Yeah, I still would feel better. It is so. True. You guys hear about this? Uh, it is post-prandial, by the way. Prandial
2: brand deal yep so did you guys hear about google and what they're doing right now yeah yeah the personal trainer well so it's gonna be super accurate
1: they're calling it google coach and it's a, a google wellness product powered by artificial intelligence now here's you know here's the thing with this kind of stuff is it going to make a huge dent i don't know google's got a shit ton of money and their their ai is pretty fascinating but if it doesn't Really impact the industry now. This I think it will as it gets better and better, right over time. But I was reading about what what some of the stuff that that it's supposedly going to do. It's gonna um, it's gonna be proactive, so it's gonna be informed by your calendar appointments, reminders, logged activities. If you skip a gym day, it'll kind of tell you to go to the gym. If you're falling short of your fitness goals, it'll suggest workouts and routines that'll help you do it. It's also going to track your nutrition, the foods you consume. And use other signals, like your location, so like where you're at, to make recommendations. Yeah. Then when you're at a restaurant, it would, it'll would it point you towards healthier menu options. It'll help you with grocery shopping. It'll email you weekly meal plans that are personalized to your schedule.
3: I saw this with Neutrino, and he was like showing me what they're working on. Like This has all been in the works with a lot of different companies. I think that now Google like really incorporating this and trying to tackle it is going to, that's
2: actually going to be something substantial for sure. Dude, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty crazy. Listen, there's no doubt in my mind that this is the future of of where fitness will go. And it's also why we did what we did. I mean, I mean the trainers that are, we're still working in the gym, you know, the, the normal nine to five, train your eight eight clients and you know, I just I did not see that around in 10 years, man. I mean, we were so behind. We saw tech move and we're in the Silicon Valley, so of course we see things accelerate a little bit faster than probably the rest of the country. And we were wa- I was watching and training all these clients and seeing all this technology just continue and all these industries accelerating in 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 this type of stuff, right? And I was seeing fitness not change like we weren't changing anything like we were the model of how we did. Everything was the same when I started to 15 years later. And I knew that we had to move into this digital space. And I'm fucking pumped to be positioning ourselves the way we're positioning ourselves with things like this, because you know, Google. Uh, Google is going to do a great job of fi- figuring out all the algorithms and how the back end all yeah. works like that. But I guarantee they're going to need guys and people like us always to make that connection and the human element to it. Absolutely, because that's where that's where I know a lot of trainers are going. Like, oh, it'll well, never work. Well, I don't think it'll never work. No. I wouldn't count Google out. They're no. going to
3: start with all the standards, right? Like, and they have like generic, you know, like um, benchmarks and advice and. and they're going off of like uh, you know whatever data that they have to to go off of. They don't know like how to discern you know the individual. Like at, at that point, like they need a lot more coaching. And maybe when they start like tracking uh, how the coaches like answer everything for everybody and like intelligently, it'll it'll start to kind well. Of, think about uh, get it this. Ima-
1: imagine if you're a client, right? And the challenges that clients have, especially with nutrition, because that's where I think the biggest, I think the greatest application is gonna be with nutrition. And let's say you, with your your Google AI, you enter in your target calories and your macros, so your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And because it tracks what you eat and what you whatever, it knows the foods you tend to like to eat and the foods you don't tend to like to eat. And you have your first meal and you just eat whatever you want. Now it knows what is left over. And it can make suggestions and say, hey, for lunch, we suggest... 4 ounces of, you know, chicken, you know, 1 cup of rice or whatever. It's going to make suggestion or it's going to show you at a restaurant, it knows what your targets are. It'll say, "Hey, this meal fits your targets. We suggest you eat this meal." That's fucking brilliant because one of the biggest challenges with nutrition is, what do I eat? Yeah. How often do we get that? What do I eat? Tell me what to eat. I don't know what to eat. You got to teach them how to count, how to track, what the whatever. Imagine if you could just go to a restaurant or based on your location, like it said. Mm-hmm. You know, I I enter I into my phone. I want to go to lunch. Where should I go? It knows what your macros are, what you weigh. It already has. It already right. aggregates all the data from the restaurants around you. Because it'll well, be easy that's, for the do. That's,
3: I've seen that. And I've seen that in, in Neutrino's platform where they had, like, I'm paleo, right? I'm paleo. So, like, yeah. based off of the menu, like, in the surrounding area, it could, like, give you, like, those specific items that you, know, you might want to focus on. So, But knows your then macro. And you got DoorDash, you know, available. So, then you don't even have to go there. You just order it, you know, through DoorDash or whatever. Dude,
1: because one, one of the, like, you know, you have the meal delivery services or back in the day, right, it was Jenny Craig and whatever. And you buy their meals and you lose weight. But then it sucks because there's no variety. You have to always buy their meals, and you're not set up for the real world where in the real world there's about a million and one decisions you can make when it comes to food. Yeah. And for somebody – and I know this. is When I train clients, it's the most difficult thing to coach. It's like you have to teach them how to make those decisions and navigate the food market based on their goals, their bodies, and what's around them. You have to coach them on how to navigate that. Well, imagine if you have something that knows what your targets are It knows what's around you and it'll literally show you the meals that will work for what your targets are, knowing what you already ate. And, or it could say, you know, like it knows you ate breakfast and lunch. Now you have this many grams of protein, fat and carbs left. It'll say, here's the meal we recommend from Taco Bell or whatever. Like how much, how easy could that be?
2: No, I think it's it's. I mean, I'm a you know me. I'm I'm Mr. Tool guy, right? I love all these tools. I think it's just more more info. Mr. Tool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you Adam want that the Tool dude. Man Taylor. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just I I like all of them. I'm rocking my Fitbit. I use I use my Fat Secret on, on a regular basis. I mean, these things. I mean, it, it is, and that's how I use it. is just a, just a collection of data. And that, because here's the thing: at the end of the day, you still have to make the choice to not eat that fucking. Oh, of course. Because and let me tell you. I know all the science. I got all the tools. It's still hard. It's still geared towards the nerds who care. Right.
3: You know, like it's not geared towards your your average person that just struggles on a day-to-day basis.
1: You know what, though? I'm going to tell you something right now. So, How often do you use voice-activated stuff on your computer, phone, and TV? Yeah. How often do you you use it?
3: Oh, I use voice-activated stuff all the time. You do? Okay.
1: So I use it sometimes also. And our generation tends to use it sometimes. My kids... 100% Hundred percent of the time, like all the time, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. the generation coming up, they don't have a problem with with the, all this technology and the way they use it, whatever. People our age and stuff, it takes us a second to you know get. So I, so my my prediction is. This first rendition, it might go well, it might not. I think this is just a sign of what's gonna happen 10, 15 years from now. I think it'll be the norm. No,
3: to me, it's exciting because big players are starting to give a shit about like health and fitness. Yeah. Like like Google, like Apple and them have been flirting with it and like having, you know, like like ways to basically aggregate. Like, so if, if I have tools, it's trying to put it all in, a, in its own little kit, its own little platform where you can like reference it but they haven't really like dove into, you know, this industry. And and once tech really decides like, oh, okay, you know, this is valuable. Like they've, there's a lot like moving as far as digital health, but it's mainly on, um, you know, a lot of startups around like medicine and, you know, ways to, to innovate and, 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 you know, provide medicine and, and be able to deliver it and, you know, like get, get, like like a patient to doctor relations and all that established on confidential levels but
2: you know we haven't really like they haven't re- even really tapped uh fitness yet it's going to be a it's going to be a big rate the question is when you talk about apple like that is is that is that by design like yeah. did apple do that intentionally I'm because sure. that's pra- that's their strategy and everything else they pretty much let somebody else go do it first. They and let everybody innovate, and then they they bring in the big money, yeah. the big guns. And they and come in and they the do best bat- engineers. And yeah, they just destroy. So you. I wouldn't sleep on Apple at yeah. all, and I wouldn't sleep on Amazon either. I wouldn't sleep on any of these monsters, well, man. The big four. I tell you well, what, Amazon, the watch,
3: uh, the watch is a big advantage, man, mm-hmm. because you wear it all the time, and that that thing has the most potential tools that will be accessible
2: out of right. all the things.
1: Well, right. a- Amazon. Speaking of Amazon, they came out with their own supplement line. Did you see this? Yeah, they now have. Oh, really yeah and
2: and you saw that coming because what three years ago now it's been three maybe even four years they started uh streaming the... Olympia? The Olympia. Yeah. I think it
1: was two two or three
2: years ago. Yeah, it's, I think it's been yeah. at least that.
3: Yeah, now everybody buys
2: supplements on Amazon. Well, so. well they just backdoored the fuck well, out of totally. <laughs> If you're yeah, Amazon... This is like fucking bodybuilding.com with their pants down right there. Bro, yeah. if you're Amazon... Yeah,
1: sure, come
3: on in. They're, yeah, come on in. Stream yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, fucking,
2: our main source of income. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, now fuck.
3: everybody buys on our site.
1: They're screwed, because if you're Amazon,
3: I would love to be in the money.
2: Boor- I would the love money. to be in the boardroom for that when that went down. Like, whoever's on top of... Bodybuilding.com right. that, that gave that approval of like, hey, this would be a good idea to get more exposure. Let's go ahead and let Amazon stream yeah. our Bodybuilding.com. That had been one of the dumbest decisions yeah. ever. Well, no. I, I Now we're, now we're going to take all your fucking money by fucking well, selling the same supplements.
1: Well, the supplement industry is <laughs> worth how many billions of dollars? How many hundreds of millions of, of dollars does Amazon alone sell through other vendors? All they have to do is look and see the money and be like, hey, guys, there's like a- Five hundred million dollar amount of money that we're sending, selling through our site. Why don't we just make our own supplements? Amazon is
3: just looking at whatever retail still exists, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you like to buy that
1: shit? Oh yeah, yeah, cool. You could probably buy
3: it here Mm -hmm. now for cheaper, and it'll come to you."
1: And they control the top of the funnel, so if you type in at the top, protein powder, what do you think the first fucking thing's going to be that shows up? Yeah, it's going to be Amazon, and every and we know now that the first few things that pop up on amazon can make or break your supplement mm-hmm. like if you pop up right away you're going to sell see look, protein powder first one amazon brand
2: oh wow see, uh, see it, yeah. they
1: own it It's there what would you do uh, if it was your company oh
3: it's a so gangster
2: yeah good luck everybody yeah. and, and what's the price and it's cheap bro it's uh, cheap yeah and it's cheap dude sorry
3: nutrition shop yeah. you know, or whatever else you know Vitamin the gnc and, oh, man. you know those guys are going to
2: disappear nah, yeah so we are i mean we're, we we we're seeing the the um let's look at the ingredients the race the race and the automobile right the self-driving car with all of them and you're going to see them racing on the Mm -hmm. nutrition fit i mean the fitness is really you know why no one gave a shit about it 10 years ago yeah it's 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 a growing industry and we haven't slowed down it's continuing to grow and and as more people get fatter and more people are dying sooner we're hitting
3: a pinnacle of unhealthy Uh, you know and mm -hmm. so everybody's like oh shit we got to take care of this
1: is it artificially sweetened there doug it is sucralose. Uh, Amazon, you're not listening to Mind Pump, are you? Oh,
2: Amazon, yeah, it's bad. Marketing. But that's what you have to catch up. And again, that's why I think what we're doing is great because we we'll, you know, there'll there'll still be a, a need in market for people like ourselves that are helping people navigate all this information, which I think we'll be in a great position to have conversations with people like this. You know, so mm-hmm. it's exciting though. I mean, I'm I'm glad, and it, it just confirms, you know, why we had to go this direction. And and I can I totally encourage. Yeah fitness professionals, because we have a lot of them that listen to this show, that don't just settle. Don't be a dinosaur. For, yeah. Do not just settle for training one-on-one clients in person and camps and classes because the future is upon us, man. And you are going to have to be, you're going to start need to get some digital uh, real estate for sure. Whether that be in podcasting and on Facebook, on Instagram, yeah. on YouTube, like, You need to start establishing that. Otherwise, you're going to get gobbled up by these monsters. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: This Quaz brought to you by Organifi. What are your thoughts on Mike Menser's school of thought when it comes to lifting? So you guys, well, we covered this. I've right? talked He's to you like guys super about super intense, right?
1: Yeah. So Mike Menser was, and his brother Ray. So Ray and Mike Menser were bodybuilders in the seventies and early eighties, and Mike, him, you know, the, the the kind of physique that Mike had was extremely impressive. He had this really blocky, just Granite hard looking muscular physique, really really wide shoulders, relatively narrow waist, and his muscle shape was insane. And when he you know when he flexed and whatever, it just looked quite impressive, especially among the other '70s body. He was, you know, what he looked like? It was like you had Frank Zane on one hand, and he would be the other side of the spectrum in terms of bodybuilder. He looked like that kind of a <coughs> bodybuilder. Mass, he was all mass compared to just mass, and just kind of looked you know. And maybe Doug can look him up so you can see his picture. And, and I've seen him. Yeah, if you give him a kind of a critique, but. The other thing about Mike Mentzer that was so different was his training philosophies. Now, you got to consider back in the 70s, bodybuilding was ruled by volume. It was all about volume, and bodybuilders would push volume to insane levels. There he is on the very left. See how he had that kind of powerful looking. Perculean type yeah, physique. Yeah, he just looks
2: really strong, not, yeah, not necessarily real, like full muscle bellies. Yeah, very thick looking yeah, kind yeah, of body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, great physique, man, especially at that time, right? i arguably one of the best probably.
1: He did. He, there's a lot of controversy by the way in the 1980 He's Mr. Like a Olympia. Buff Tom Selleck. Yeah, it was because of his mustache. Yeah, was yeah. That him next to Arnold. That is. That's the 1980 Mr. Olympia. He looks better than
2: Arnold, I don't care what anybody says. Well, that's wow. what it, that was the controversy. What's his height though? How tall is he? Wow, Short. He does. Yeah. Oh, arms arms okay, so that's yeah. so that's where he gets his loss right there. I mean, yeah if you got Arnold who's got if he's short, he—I mean—he looks great, but so did Colombo. You know what I'm saying? Colombo looked amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- I think I know he's taller.
1: He was taller than, than Colombo for sure, but he wasn't. He wasn't very tall. But yeah, that the controversy there was Arnold came back to compete in the Olympia was 15 pounds lighter than he ever was, hmm. and a lot of people thought he should have got maybe top five at the at the best, and he wins. And of course, you know Arnold is you know Weider's best friend and you know the most popular bodybuilder of all time. So there was. Him and Menser got into it backstage, almost got into a fistfight. Really? Yeah, it's a really famous story, and there's a lot of controversy around it. Um, who, who do you think would have won? Oh, in a fight? Yeah. Uh, well, Arnold? Ar- Arnold is so well, he's tall. Yeah, he's hey, big. He's got long arms.
3: Yeah, yeah. and Arnold's and he's also. a Terminator, dude. Yeah, see, look how. Yeah, sp- but that's movie shit. You doesn't know, know, like, matter, is dude. Is he really <laughs> a badass? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. You, got, you, you have to embrace uh, the role. Yeah, listen, he's got a little, you guys are like, you guys worship him. Yeah. I,
2: I get that. Look how, look how small Arnold was in the 80 Olympia compared to his previous. How can you life? not love a guy who comes from another country? English is his don't second language. Don't get me wrong. I love him too. And come over and fucking work his way. It all. I mean, and win like this and then go and make movies and then go work his right. way into government? Like, yeah. what What else do yeah. you want the guy to accomplish? Marry's I know, Kennedy.
3: but, but right. he looks strong as fuck. I don't know. That yeah. might be, you know, you know like one, did, of his, one of his punches might well, hurt him what real they, bad.
2: What they did in this picture, too, I mean, Arnold's relaxed right there, right? He's relaxed and slouched over and Menser is in a, a full core tightened well, posture pose. Well, so. Menser
1: didn't even get second. So I think Menser got third in that, in that comp- yeah. contest. But he looks great. Right? But he got really pissed off. So anyway... In those days, in the '70s, all the rage when it came to bodybuilding comp- uh, training was super, was super driven super, no, super kidding. high volume. It was very high volume to the point where some bodybuilders, like Serge Nubray, sometimes he would do as many as 50, 60 sets per body part in a workout. They were literally Damn. pushing the
2: volume. That's where Joe D get it
1: from. as far as they could possibly go to see what they could what they could possibly do. Then you have Menser who put that in a PDF. Yeah. Then you have Mencer who comes out and he learned from Arthur Jones, who's the inventor of Nautilus exercise equipment. And Arthur Jones basically you know, says, Hey, all you need to do to get the muscles, to get the signal for the muscle to grow, is one super hyper intense set. Once you've done that, the signal is sent, and all you need to do is sit back and recover, and your muscles will grow. And so this was the approach that Mike Mencer had. And he created. He wrote this book called Heavy Duty. And in, in, the bu- in the book, Heavy Duty, you literally are doing one max out, all out set per body part once a week. So like Monday was chest, shoulders, and triceps, I believe. Wednesday was back and biceps, and Friday was legs. But you're literally doing one all out set to failure, and that's it. So your workout was how many? Short how
2: many times would you frequently hit that muscle though? Once a week. That's it. That's uh, it. Wait a second. How would that? That doesn't make God, sense. That is what be? he would promote. One mm. set. Yep. One one exercise that's per it. muscle group. That's it. And one type of what's he worked out? So what do you work out? Five. Well, what do you, now, you now he paired three muscles together. So what do you work out? Three days.
1: Yeah, three days a week. So what he would do is now he probably
2: did a little bit more
1: volume, but there were times when you do exactly that much. But the book he wrote, that's how it was written out. And and then he would say things like, "You want to do a," uh, and he would do supersets to increase the intensity. So like for chest. You would go flies to failure, straight to a press to failure. And the reason why I said this is you want to pre-exhaust the chest because your shoulders and triceps may fail before. Ugh. This is what he wrote about. And, and, he can, and, he, and it was all about going to failure. That's what it was all about. If you didn't go to failure, yeah. then you weren't 100% sure if you sent the muscle-building signal. And this was his theory. Now, he sold a lot of books because he looks impressive and so does his brother Ray. And a lot of people tried following his routine, and some people – people died <laughs> no some people said it worked for them Dorian Yates his training style was from Mike Menser now Dorian Yates did more volume and the way Dorian would train is he would do four, four exercises per body part but he would only do one set to failure for each exercise still way less volume than most bodybuilders especially bodybuilders uh, you know pro bodybuilders right so this was his approach now I have personal history with this so I, when I was working out when I first started working out I got Arnold Schwarzenegger's book or Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding and I read it cover to cover and I followed his routines and his routines were super high volume. So I was doing, you know, I'm 15 years old, I'm doing 20 sets yeah. for chest and 20 sets for back and I'm doing an insane amount of exercises and I was gaining some strength and some muscle but I think it was just on oh, accident because I'm 15. My testosterone level is probably higher than it's ever been in my life. I'm eating a lot of food and but, you know, the progress was real slow. I started reading uh, Mike Menser. He used to write for Iron Man Magazine all the time. And I buy his book, Heavy Duty. And I remember when I first got the book, and the reason why I bought it was because he looked super crazy and he sounded smart. So I buy this book. I open it up. I read what he has to say. And he convinces me, this is the way you're supposed to train. Because he sounded very scientific. You know, Send the signal. Leave the muscle alone. Let it recover and build. And I remember thinking, like, that makes sense. All I got to do is send mm-hmm. a signal. So I followed his routine. And I gained five pounds so fast, like boom, muscle came on my body real quick. And then that was it. My body stopped responding. Nothing happened. I stuck to it religiously, hard-headedly, and nothing happened. And I had to get out of it. And we all know why my body grew. It was so different from what I was doing right. before. It was mm-hmm. the exact opposite. But it's definitely not a, a type of training that's going to benefit most people, at least not for longer than even a month. And mm-hmm. there's been times in my my fitness career where I've gone back and experimented with this, and the most I could ever squeeze out of something like this is a couple weeks. And, and the sets have to be really fucking intense. So let me tell you something. Squats to failure, to real failure, because sometimes people think they go to failure when they're doing squats. No, there's, there's more reps in you. Trust me, I've pushed it that far. I did a set with, and this was during the height of my strength and everything, I did a set of squats with 315, I did 20 reps. And by, when I did 12, when I hit 12 rep, I thought I was failing. And I was training with my buddy, and he's like, keep going until you have to leave the bar on the rack. And I got to 20. So imagine that feeling like you're failing at 12, squeezing out eight more reps. It was terrible. And it would get me stronger, but again, it would last for like a week or two because it was just such a radically different stimulus. Today, I never recommend this kind of training. In fact, studies now support that going to failure, first off, is too much intensity for most people. Second off, Volume and frequency are very important signals for muscle growth. It's not just intensity. So you if you increase your volume, you'll typically build more muscle to a certain point. And if you increase your frequency, especially the more advanced you are, the more muscle you'll build. And today, I can confidently say that most people should probably hit a body part two to three days a week, and your total weekly volume anywhere between you know 15 sets maybe 12 sets at the low end and maybe 25 sets at the high end total per week per body part is typically where i Well they say the, found
2: they it. say the sweet spot is between 10 and 20 for a week per person because everyone's there's going to be an individual variance but there actually it was just reading something that said that uh, or watching a youtube video talking about this exact topic when when addressing volume and in the, and we've kind of just told everybody 10 to 20 has been the sweet spot but stuff is coming out that you can continue to increase that and see gains going forward. But the when you talk about the most efficient place to be for most people, it's in that ten to twenty range. Now, the way I teach it, or the way I followed in bodybuilding, because I definitely my volume got really high. I was well over twenty sets on a on a muscle group when I was at my height as a pro. But the mistake that I think a lot of people make, and it, you know, reference the Joe D J- Joe D jab because there's a lot of young guys that are trying to keep up with him. Now maybe for a guy like him who's been training for a really long time, maybe he can handle that kind of volume. And maybe he's gotten great results by scaling up to that volume, but a majority of young people or even people that are just in their first couple of years of training, they don't they don't belong training at that high of a volume. It's it's just one, you're going to be doing damage all day long in the body. You're not letting it fully recover. And then the likelihood of you being able to maintain that volume and keep that, mm. you're, even if you got some great gains from it. And that's what see why some people can make money selling programs that are crazy like that is, yeah, I guarantee if you take somebody in the first 5 years of their training who's never trained before and you throw 50 something sets at them like yes they'll their body will respond it will adapt and they'll see some results but you know 90 plus percent of those people won't be able to keep that volume up shit i can't keep the volume up that i was doing when i was competing at the professional level because it wasn't i wasn't treating it like a job i was treating it like a job when i was actually competing and i was that competitive you about also it
1: took you a while to get there right in and, context matters, and, and
2: and and that was the important piece was i didn't go right to what I was doing at the pro level. I mean, at the amateur level, I was very much so in the 10 to 12 sets per I mean, that's about where I'm at right now, 10 to 15. Like, I'm probably hitting 10 to 15 sets per muscle group a week, depending on what muscle we're talking about. And I'm working my way up, but I'm still not even, I'm maybe maybe 50% of the volume that I was pushing when I was as a a pro.
1: Here's what I I think, my opinion. on Because I have met people that, not a lot, but I've definitely met people who've done well, doing really, really intense short workouts and not hitting their bodies with lots of volume and frequency and build a lot of muscle. Now we know that when you lift weights, you're, you're, there's a, a signal that's sent to the body to adapt, and your muscle protein synthesis spikes, and we can measure that. Now the average person that that spike will drop after about 48 hours, pretty quickly. But I think that there's some individuals that are out there for whatever reason, and I think it's genetic where they'll lift weights once, heavy and hard, and hammer themselves, maybe short, and that signal will just stay elevated. Now you throw steroids on top of that, and now you've got yourself somebody who can do one all-out crazy balls-of-the-wall set for legs once a week, and their muscles just continue to grow. I don't think it's common at all. In fact, I'll tell you right now, of the three variables that you manipulate with your training, intensity, volume, and frequency, I can... I can overdo intensity far faster and easier on a client or on myself than I can the other two. It's really easy. I could take someone off the street right now who's deconditioned, and I could honestly train them for a full hour. I will manipulate and do proper intensity, proper form, proper you know volume, all those things, and they'll be okay. But if I take that same person and do one all-out set of an exercise, I'll fry them oh. or hurt them. Intensity is 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 one of those things you really want to monitor, and for most people, high intensity does build more muscle. But all out balls to the wall intensity is too much. It just simply is too mm-hmm. well, much it's for most. Riskier. People. It know, just is. It's
3: riskier, like really, like leaning heavier on that variable on itself. Like like volume uh, is definitely something that you can you can apply and be a little bit more measured with uh, versus like, yeah, intensity can get away from you really quick.
2: Well, it's the same... It's, a, it's the only one that I still don't think I have mastered. I mean, I think I'm really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just had a... It was a few weeks back where... I overreached and hurt my shoulder, you know, that was me pushing the intensity Mm -hmm. and for sure I wasn't like, I didn't just get into a workout and say, I'm going to crush this workout. I was like, okay, I know I wanted to stretch myself. I knew I was going to do that, but I was still trying to just kind of stretch myself and I overreached. Like it's really easy to overreach. In fact, it's probably one of the most common things that I see that trainers and the average gym goer abuses because the message out there I mean it's all about motivation everything that we look at look on Instagram it's all about the hype and the motivation and don't quit and all these guys hyping you up to go get it and get after it and, you know all these guys that are in great shape talking about you know if you, you know, most people don't want to quit and give up and it's you got to push through that and it's about tenacity and you hear that message so much that you take that and then you go into the gym and then you and you slam your pre-workout so you can get that intensity and it's like, dude, all you end up yeah. doing is overreaching, and you don't need to do that if you're trying to continually gain no, muscle.
1: And you know, here's all the evidence you need that because this problem with this message of intensity, the big problem is that because what Mike Mencer used to say, and what a lot of people in that space would say, is that if you're not going super intense, it's a waste of time. Like, like if you go and do right. so not true, yeah, which yeah. is not true. Trigger sessions proves that false. Now, if you do trigger sessions consistently and you do them right, and you do them frequently, you will build more muscle and get stronger. And trigger sessions are low intensity. And I got that idea from watching blue-collar workers in my family who had muscular body parts that corresponded to the type of work that they did. You know, I had an uncle who's a plumber, never lifted weights a day in his life. The guy's forearms look like a fucking pro bodybuilder's. Why? Because he's cranking on wrenches and shit all day. Now, is that intense for him? No, he's been doing it for 35 years. I'm sure his hands and forearms got sore for the first five months, but you know the the rest of the 35 years, that was like cake. It's low intensity movement all day long, and yet the dude's forearms were more muscular than most guys I know who work out in the gym, and that's from that low intensity movement. So, so you know that alone proves that you know as much as I love Mike Mentzer, as much as he was a hero of mine back in the day, I do not agree with his style of training. And we know this. Science now has supported this. The studies have shown that that type of training, it
0: can work for a very short period of time, but for most people, it doesn't work. Next question is from Rabri. How do I convince my man that his rancid something-died-inside-you farts are from his protein? (laughs) He drinks the typical GNC weight gainers because he suffers from tall, skinny, white guy syndrome. Oh, man. (laughs) What is a better alternative so I no longer have to be surrounded by his acid butt cloud (laughs) and he can still make gains?
1: (laughs) You know, I like this lady. Back in the day, I used to think that
2: I thought it was normal. That
1: smelling, that like really, really stinky ass farts, <laughs> yeah. that was normal because I was eating the right amount of protein. Right. That's right. what I used to think. Like, oh, cool. I got... In fact, I hate this embarrassing to say, but that was one of the gauges that I used as to whether or not I was eating enough protein. Like if I farted and didn't smell real bad, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh shit, I need more. Oh, I need to be God. eating more protein. It's not enough. Yeah. You know, you know, having really- It's almost nostalgic. You know, like you,
3: <laughs> like you remember being stuffed in this, like, tiny box weight room, and inevitably, like, you're in there only for, like, maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes, right? And just somebody just rips one, and it is, it like, the paint just peels off the walls. Didn't you say you had your, your roommate was just the worst? He was the worst. Deal? I literally, like, <laughs> I used to call him names and, like, like just whatever I could come, like, I would get, like, angry, angry. It wasn't, like, funny. He'd, <laughs> and, and he's, like, he was, like, a giant. You know, like he was, he was like six eight, and just like three hundred and I don't know, like seventy pounds. Oh, he's like a pounds. legit giant. Yeah, he's like a big, big, big dude. And uh, so when he would fart, like, mm. like it would it would hit this like like primal. <clears throat> <laughs> button in me and i'm just like ah like it's it's so bad like it, oh my god was it like uh what's his name's fart uh craig craig it was just like that but oh, it was like on a consistent basis that uh, that was
1: hot dude that was too much yeah, way
3: hot yeah,
2: people
1: yeah. need to under- that's a diet issue well pe- that's what i was to say people need to realize that if you're if your farts first of all farts are not supposed to smell good obviously um but they're not really supposed to have this terrible lingering smell. Yeah. Yeah, if it, it burns the other person's mouth,
2: that's not a good <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's rancid. If you, you, your- yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, yeah. yeah. If, if someone farts the room and you can taste it, dude, that's yeah. fucking bad. You know yeah. when
3: it's kind of beefy and yeah. when it's kind of chemically, you know, like there's like oh. distinguishing, and then there's the protein fart. That one- I get like all these descriptors like she put in there like I like I remember
1: that it's very sulfuric. Yes, right. It's yeah, like, like it's eggy. Well, do you think that's,
2: where it, do you think that's some, probably what's from? It's probably you're probably taking a lot of protein powder. And one much. of the one of the best things that someone can do like this that you can help them out is to really push them to take in their protein through natural food. Like I definitely I, I don't if I'm eating I could eat a lot of protein if it's all food. I don't have a problem. Yeah, it's dude. only when I'm when I'm when I'm high protein and taking protein it's powder. It's interesting
3: you bring it up. Like so, I've been carnivore, right? For, and I like not like I have not even had bad gas at all.
1: You haven't. Your not farts at all used to be terrible. Now they're I they're mean, now they're was, okay. They Calm down. They're okay now. <laughs> okay, they weren't that bad. They were terrible. They weren't crazy. Now they're okay now.
2: Yeah. No, and so this is what. And I put this together a, a long time ago like, when I would be taking the protein, the weight gainers, and I was doing the shakes. That is when, and, I, and I'm pushing 200 plus grams of protein. That's when I would get the gas. If I ate, I last night just 1.6 pounds of ribeye is 205 grams of protein. At 205 pounds of protein, I didn't fart. I don't wait think a, a minute. You, d- it's 205 grams. Yeah. in one sitting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> crazy. That's hilarious. Want that. yeah. yeah,
2: that's what. A, that's what a one, bro.
1: You know your body only utilizes bro. 40
2: grams yeah. of protein. <laughs> yeah. that you, oh, you just waste three and a and half, half pounds yeah. You know who shamed to me that, today? I used to think that,
3: dude. Uh, so Christina Rice, so she did carnivore for like a week or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to go that low calorie. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'm, I'm like up to like three pounds, like three and a half pounds. I was stretching. She's like,
1: I was eating like four, to yeah. like five pounds. Yeah, Christina could throw it I'm down. like, what? You know what? I thought she was lying when she used to tell me that. Yeah. And, and then I had her over for dinner and I made everybody a one pound ribeye, everybody. So I had a one pound ribeye. Jessica had a one pound ribeye. And Christina had a run, one pound. And Christina is a tiny girl. She's yeah. not a big, She's super petite. She weighs like, like yeah, hundred yeah. pounds, maybe at the most, maybe less than that. And I saw that girl eat it and have a wonderful conversation and eat it like she. There was no struggle. Yeah. There was no like, oh my god, I can't
3: finish this. She was like, bub, bub, bub. like, like I was literally like, I was impressed, and I was also a little embarrassed with myself. Yeah, my own, you should like, be ashamed. You know, so like I, meat
2: eating capacity. <laughs> I, I would, I would really push him away from getting his and there's much better ways to get calories than weight gainer shakes, man. Just-
1: he'll get he'll gain more muscle yeah. if he eats real food. Yeah. He yeah. will. Yeah. Uh, this is a sign by the way. This is a sign that his that his gut is off. And when your gut is off, this is an important thing for for people to understand, especially guys who want to gain muscle. And the reason why I say especially is cuz they're the hardest ones to get through to. So oh, explain yeah. this to him. When his gut is off, he is not assimilating his food as effectively as he could, which means he's not going to build muscle like to his full potential. I know from when my gut is on, I build way better muscle, faster, and I'm stronger. When my gut's off, I could pound the calories all I want. I could pound the food all I want, and I just don't gain as much muscle. My body's not assimilating the food. If his farts are terrible, yeah. that's a sign that his gut's off. And everything that he's eating, he's just not utilizing yeah. it as much as he he's possibly basically
3: could. basically blasting out a cloud of half of that in the air. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if, yeah,
1: if he if he if he switch that out for real whole foods, not only will his, his gut be healthier, but then he'll assimilate the food better. His, total inflammation will be down, which means his cortisol will be down, which probably means he'll be able to raise his testosterone. Of course, less inflammation means he's got a more appropriate inflammatory response, so recovers better from his workouts. All of this means more gains, more muscle, less body fat. Your gut health is not just I have bubble guts, I have smelly farts, or I have gas. It's not just that. It's a whole long chain of uh, cascading events that all contribute to everything, including your aesthetics. So his weight gainer is not helping him gain weight. It's not helping him build muscle.
3: Well,
2: And and something that maybe try this too, because this is a shameless plug for our sponsor Organifi is... It could be the protein powder. Change up your protein. Yeah, it could be the. It could be because he's getting it from egg. You yeah. know, so if he's, it could be potentially that. Or and dairy. So, yeah. Way. yeah. So so maybe try maybe try getting it from a um, a vegan source and see if that helps him out. But I mean, obviously the the goal would be to not have. I I use shakes in order to get a target because I'm missing in something, right? I am gonna. I know I'm going to have a hard time getting you know, Like Today's breakfast, like, I, I wanted to include oatmeal. I hadn't had that before. I wanted to carb up from the day yesterday. I had zero carbs yesterday. So today I wanted to carb up early in the morning for my day. And so I busted out the oatmeal. Well, I know if I have a cup of oatmeal and fruit, like, it's no protein whatsoever. And even if I had three eggs like I did, that's still low protein for me. So then I scooped the Organifi in my oatmeal to boost that but it's not my go-to. It's not my ideal meal. My ideal meal is always getting it through whole natural foods. And then if I absolutely need to, then we're using these, you know, shakes to boost that. I just don't think it's ideal to go that way.
0: Next up is Amanda Kamula. What do you guys think of the recent movement against masculinity? Lots of people are speculating that teaching masculinity to young boys leads to Toxic traits as adults. Well, so Horseshit. Sh-
2: Tupus, stupidest. Co- thing
0: com- complete. It's, the,
1: it's one of the most it's damaging. It's agenda. It's one of the most damaging movements uh, that we could <clears throat> possibly have, okay? Here's, my, here's only the one example I need to give. First off, we don't have a, a masculinity crisis where we have too much masculinity in society. It's the opposite. We do have a masculinity crisis, and it's too little masculinity. One out of every four children today in America, grow up without a father. That's 25%. In some communities, it's as high as 75 fucking percent. No father mm. present in the home. That is a masculinity That's a crisis problem. on the opposite. Statistically speaking, the statistics, by the way, are real. Okay, so this is real stuff. I'm pulling this off of, uh, you know, these, this is, these are government statistics. Children who grow up without a father, four times greater risk of poverty seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. They are more likely to face abuse and neglect. They're two times greater risk of re- infant mortality, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, much more likely to go to prison, two times more likely to suffer from obesity, two times more likely to drop out of high school. I mean, it's insane to me that people would say that we have too much no. masculinity when we have this. By the way, you know, 50, 60 years ago, this th- there, there were very few homes without a father. Men didn't leave there you know when people first of all divorce went through the roof and then we have this culture where you know look i went through a divorce and i know this and luckily my ex and i worked together but i know how easy it could have been for her to fight to get most custody of my kids it would have been very difficult for me as being the man sometimes this happens the other thing that tends to happen is a lot of these guys grow up without a father themselves maybe their father skipped out on them or whatever then they get a girl pregnant and to them this is what you – I don't want that responsibility. I'm out of here. And so a lot of these kids are growing up without dads, and, and we're telling – on top of that, we're telling these boys growing up that masculinity is toxic. You, yeah. Not only did you grow up without a father in a difficult situation, now we're telling you masculinity is toxic, but you yourself know that you're a man. You know that that comes with masculinity. Now you hate yourself even more. Yeah. Insane.
2: It's it, absolutely it, it insane. Doesn't make any sense to me.
1: It makes no sense whatsoever.
2: What do you what do you what do you call, do you call that when we're 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 trying to become all one? What Would you say homogenize? Yeah. yeah, it it just seems to me like we're trying to homogenize our our culture like trying to make us all just
3: equal playing field everything equal 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 yeah. and and we're eliminating all of the unique characteristics uh that we're born with right. like it, And 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 you know celebrate like there's differences for a reason and 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 why did we stop celebrating that fact it's, you know that that's one of those things it's like you, you connect with somebody else that has different traits with you and you create balance and there's you know there's synergistic effect to that, you know, and there, there's a way that, um, you know, we, we move forward. I think, uh-huh. you know, as a family or as a,
2: yeah. you know, or what, there's these characteristics for a reason. I the, mean, this is all, it, like, Well, I think it's more like that. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be a male, female thing or a masculinity thing. It's a, somebody's going to assume the traits, right? He, he, w- he, w- if you roll reverse that and you
3: want women to have more of those characteristics, then, you know, the, like a male is going to act, you know, w- with the opposite. So it's like if you want to roll reverse it, then that's so it. The thing about masculinity, it's like we're born like, and this this obviously this goes to like you know like how people are born. It's it's all different. Like we all have different variables, and like some people might have a little more femininity, you know, versus masculinity. But the the thing is, those are two very distinctive characteristics.
1: Yeah. No, the world needs a good, healthy, strong. Masculinity and good, healthy, and strong femininity. You need both. You need both. You do need both. And why do you need both? Because that's how it's been, and that's the way we've evolved, and that's the way it should. Statistically, when you look at the the, the numbers, it makes us healthy to have those both. Now, why are those those two things? Because there's a lot of arguments these days about this, and it becomes this whole like sexist thing. It's not sexist. There's no you know no one's being you know, a bigot when we talk about this. It's the reason why it exists this way is because. We for most of human history, we had different roles. Now, if you look at the, the the male and female gender, biological gender, the female gender, first of all, you need to have a certain number of females in order to promote uh, the, or to, to keep the species alive, okay? This is why women have been protected for forever. You know, the term women and children first, or protect the women. Well, there's a reason for that. If you have a society with too few women, doesn't matter how many men you have, the society will crumble because a woman can only have. Right, one- if someone
2: came in to want to conquer your your city, all they had to do is kill all the women off. And You're fucked. It, you'd eventually be fucked. You're
1: fucked. Yeah, right. Now you could do the opposite, and you could kill most of the men and have ten percent of the men left over, but society would would be just fine because right. one man can impregnate so many women, and only and one woman can be only can be pregnant once for a nine-month period. So because of that, over Mm -hmm. thousands of years, these are the traits that have developed, the males were dispensable because we are dispensable. So what do male characteristics tend to be? Riskier. We tend to make riskier decisions. We tend to be the ones that are a little more aggressive or protective because those are the things that tend to kill us. When you look at the, the most dangerous jobs in America, even today, when things are far more equal than they've ever been where everybody has equal opportunities and people are very aware of the fact that you know men and women should have the same opportunities still to this day the absolute most dangerous jobs you could possibly do are dominated by men and it's not because women aren't allowed to have those jobs it's because that's a trait of masculinity is to do those types of things. You look at the risky business ventures with the risky capital ventures, where someone's going to take all their money, bet it on the line, all this risk uh, that's associated with masculinity. It's a necessary thing for society to succeed. But here's the opposite that a lot of people, I think why we're in such the the situation we're in now, a couple things. First off, definitely for a long time, women were oppressed uh, by, uh, by men. So I get that. And that Mm -hmm. needed to be corrected. But then there's another side to it and it's that a lot of people and including a lot of women themselves didn't give credence to what that what femininity brought like mm-hmm, it was like mm-hmm. oh you know oh so men do all the risky stuff and they'll well well you're trying to say I'm not important I want to do what the man's with what the what, what, what a guy's doing I, I want I don't want that to be a, a male thing. I want that to be and I, I get that but at the same time the femininity is equally just as fucking important. the, the femininity is what builds societies it's what builds communities. It's the empathy uh, that we find. And by the way, ma- masculinity and femininity exist in both men and women, and, and a male can be more feminine than masculine and vice versa. It just so happens to be the other way around, mostly. So these things are very important. And, and this whole movement against masculinity, to me, is absolutely insane. And to call it toxic masculinity... yeah. How about just calling it like shitty, like yeah, yeah right, like oh, a if, shitty
3: person.
2: Yeah, like <laughs> if someone
1: if someone's violent, is that toxic you're masculinity? A man, you're an asshole, or, or is yeah, that just just bad? Like being violent is not toxic masculinity. That's just you're just being an asshole. You know, being oppressive that's not tos- toxic masculinity, which I've heard it be described many times. That's just you're just an oppressive asshole. Women can do it as well. They just do it at, at a lower rate, and there's all those those statistics as well. And I do get it. Like men, we do. Uh, most of the crimes. So if you look at uh, crime and you look at who, who commits most of the crime, it's predominantly male. I get that. But on the other end of the scale, men do a lot of the other shit predominantly as well. And and it flips with, with other things with men and women. So
2: this well, and whole, how many how many of those men that do crime would, would claim that they're doing it out of necessity too. So well, who
1: knows? Right. But my, my point with all of this is this is we we want to abolish all of this so much that we're now we're not allowed to celebrate the differences and we're not allowed to see the good in it. And now it's just like fuck yeah. it, erase everything, call it toxic, and it's you know it's it's attack men season, which is insane. Well, it's just an
3: interesting new agenda that's out there. It's like uh, I I just n- I've never seen so much confusion, you know, in, in the world today. Now it's like it's everything's being challenged as far as you know bio- biology. Like is being is under attack. It's just it's very strange. And it's I get it. I mean, we all want to be super inclusive and we want to include, you know, differences and people that have been minorities, you know, forever. And and it's but at the same time, like, let's not ignore biology. Like it's this is how we're born. Well, Well,
2: I I, I love I love where we're at right now, because as stupid as this is, and I agree it's stupid. It's neat that we we have an opportunity where we have free platforms like the one we're on right now, and we can voice our opinions. And you can see people like our buddy Ryan, who has the Order of Man podcast, which is literally like centered around this. Like this is his his this is his response to what he sees going on is his podcast, and it gets great traction because I think there's a huge need for it. And like I always say on this podcast, we tend to swing the pendulum like in, in. I'm sure there was somewhat of a need for this conversation. Like there's probably some, there's definitely toxic masculinity out there. Like it's out there probably exists. There's probably somebody that is, that is causing harm to others. And it led all the way back to, you know, some bad male figure that that embedded these traits in this young kid. But to blanket statement, the things that you're seeing right now, that could become dangerous. And it can also lead to us swinging the other direction. And I believe that we we will. And I believe that podcasts like his are going to thrive because there's going to be a need because we're going to see more and more of this stupid shit come out.
1: You know what the antidote to this is? The antidote to this is if you really want to abolish all these terms and stuff, then just respect the individual. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just respect the individual and whatever that individual wants to do and who they are. And if it's a boy and they want to do traditional boy things, don't tell them it's their, don't follow that gender role. That's what you want right. to do. And if it's a girl and she wants to do uh, traditional yeah. or a flip and it's vice versa. That is so irritating Like me. L- let them do their thing, but you can't, look, I tell you, there's a whole generation of men. Let people do what they want to do. Yeah, there's a whole generation of boys growing up without fathers and girls growing up without fathers right now. Mm. Like, like I said, one out of every four. That's insane to me, and I think that's a big problem. And when we attack masculinity, what we need to do is we need to be telling guys, if you get someone pregnant, the masculine thing to do is to if be there. You, is a being, if you, you should be a man. What does that mean? You mean you're responsible, and you take care of your children, and you take care of your family, and you're involved in your children's lives. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to be told. Instead, what are they told? You know? It's
0: like this mixed message. Nobody knows. Next question is from Tim Imbo. What positive qualities have you guys picked up from one another since podcasting and working together over the years? <laughs> hmm.
2: Probably a lot. We're probably we're probably homogenizing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm <laughs> painting my toenails.
1: I don't know, man. List some, let's list some of these off because we're all so similar, but well, we're I also know very there's, different. There's certain,
2: uh, there's certain strengths that each of us yeah. have that I think, um, you know, I'll give you one with something that, Justin does a really good job of and I and I try and practice it because I tend to be more the emotional one that can react to a lot of things. He does a really good job of observing and absorbing uh, all the information and that's coming in and and gathering his thoughts before he speaks, which is it's, which is ironic because he's on a podcast where he's got to ramble and speak and stuff like that, which is probably why it challenges him so much is because he's trained himself so well to gather himself before he just blurt some stuff out, which I'm the complete opposite. I'll just blurt some shit out and then later pay for it. And so That's so funny because I was gonna reciprocate
3: that same, you know, note as far as like challenging me to express my thoughts and opinions <laughs> unabashedly. You know, like a without filter. But yeah, at the same time that's why I think it's a good balance uh, you know, that we sort of share with that. Um because yeah. And then Sal too, I mean just being that, that inner confidence, but it's not like a cocky confidence. It's not like a put you down confidence. It's, 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 it's it's something, it's a self-belief. I feel like I've had a self-belief, but I've never had it to where I could, I could express myself and like carry myself like the way you do. I I really admire that Mm -hmm. about you. And it's more just like, you know, like you've just, you've really like come into your, to your own, and, and you, you believe in yourself. Like I, I want more self belief, mm. you know. And I'm striving to be more like that.
1: That's funny you say that because I think you're. I think you're. Uh, you're probably the. I, I view you as being one of the most confident people I know. But your confidence is your. I guess I can see what you're saying.
2: Express differently.
1: Yeah you you're you don't you don't speak it out. You just kind of like. Like I could, like we fuck with each other all the time. We make fun of each other. People make fun of us on our social media. We've opened ourselves up to that. And we all laugh at it and none of us really get our feelings hurt with that. But Justin's very much Justin. I, he doesn't change anything just because, you know, other people think it's cool or they think whatever or, you know, change his opinion because he's just, he's just who he is and it's very solid. And, you know, I think both of you guys actually share that trait. Uh, I think all of us do in our own way, but Justin's is a very silent, solid version of it. And you yeah. can feel it when you're around people like that. When you sit around people like that, if you're an insecure person, you're going to want to, you know, boast even more or, or or show yourself even more. And and you, Justin doesn't waver. He just kind of sits there and does his thing. And and it's a very calm confidence. And, I th- you know, I think we all kind of share that a little bit. The, the other thing I learned from mm-hmm. you guys is just to examine my training. I've always been open-minded with training, but much more so um, since working with you guys, especially on the mobility piece and on functional exercise piece. I also appreciate, uh, you know, I appreciate the the way you guys challenge things. I really like mm. that. I really like the, the different viewpoints um, that you guys bring. And it's always good. Like I... It's almost never where I hear Adam or Justin have an opinion on something that's cal- counter to w- what most people are thinking. I almost I can't think of a single time where I heard you guys say something and I went, "Well, that's dumb." It's almost like, "Oh shit!" I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, I, I I have to I, I can I could definitely confidently say you're both very outside the box um, thinkers. Which um which I really I really appreciate. The 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 big thing I, I appreciate about Justin, it, because you're confident and you're silent, you're willing to do a bunch of shit that you know is gonna challenge you, but you do it anyway. You end up doing it anyway. I really like watching Adam um in a crowd. I really enjoy watching him mm-hmm. do that. He has a good time when he's around a lot of people. And I do really, really well in small crowds or if I'm talking to a crowd, but not necessarily at a party in a crowd. I tend to be the one who I'll move over and talk to someone else and hang out on my own. And Adam's is very, very, he walks around the room and has a great time and can have conversation with everybody. And so I, I enjoy observing it. And I try to be a little bit of a chameleon where what one thing that I tend to do is I watch people and if they do something that I like, I first try to copy it and then I try to develop it as my own. And, and you know, and, and I've done that a lot, so much so that it's hard to even specifically remember the specific things. Because I again, I like you said, we're becoming homogenized. Yeah, I totally. I've taken
3: th- th- a lot from both of you
2: guys. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no, I, there's thing, There's definitely things like that. I mean, there's. I mean, I remember, and we've seen these little these growth moments in the show and with the YouTube channel, uh, especially that one. That was really uncomfortable for me. Uh, it surprised me how uncomfortable the YouTube channel was. I, I thought like you're saying that in a crowd and with people, I'm, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I don't mind uh, being put on the spot like that and having to talk in front of people. It's it's it never got me nervous or freaked out. I thrive in that space. So I thought when we turned the cameras on and did uh, did the YouTube that I would just naturally fall into it. And I really didn't. And so I, that's a something that I've definitely leaned on sal a lot and there's been a lot of stuff that i feel like he's led the way and just the way you carry yourself uh the way you uh, you also have this incredible trait that it like justin was saying is extremely uh confident but then also very very humble and i think everybody is kind of like mm-hmm. this you know and i think that where it's a constant reminder because you know you when you when you are really confident being someone well, who's extremely confident, you flirt with cockiness. Yeah. When you're extremely humble, you probably flirt with being too reserved and quiet sometimes. So we, we kind of have this nice way of... Because everyone has little bits of strengths in different areas uh, that we all take from each other. So I really... I, I'm just joking, but I really think that we have become very homogenized about <laughs> I mean, I catch... You know, I catch uh, myself doing this all the time where I'm rattling off something and I, I'm literally verbatim probably saying something that Sal said yeah. the other day, but I'm owning it as if it was mine, you know, and I catch him doing the same thing all mm-hmm. the time too. Yeah. And it's just- It's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, in my <laughs> it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But, but Long, I mean, long there, time listeners will know There's certain, time. there's there's other little traits too that like, so, I mean, we are talking about like a lot of skills and things that we like about each other, but, you know, um, Sal is Sal and Justin. Both of this are um, definitely family men. Their family come first. The the and I'm not that way. This is not a, tr- a strength and a trait of mine. I'm uh, because of my past and the way I grew up. It's not something that is a strength of mine at all. And having that in front of me on a daily basis. And Doug is included in this conversation too because he's an incredible father. And so seeing that for me, I've I've picked up on those traits and it's bled into my family and the the way like I communicate with my siblings and the way I even communicate with Katrina and her family. And so I've definitely picked up a lot of those good traits uh, from you guys. And I think that's been something that's evolved me. Um, as a person I think everybody in here is very growth minded in their own own area which is awesome that we're not growth minded in the same exact departments like sometimes I get frustrated right like when I I think that I want everybody to do something like I want everyone to read this book or I want everyone to do this thing because we all need to be on this page and I get a little frustrated at first and then I realize like fuck why do I want that I don't want you know that's my thing if I like doing that I'll push and accelerate in there and it's like Mm -hmm. there's certain things that Sal or Justin do that I fucking have no desire to do and, and push so it's it's a really cool dynamic and I we really do pick up on each other's traits to the point where, where there's a little bit of all of us in each person, I think, yeah. literally.
3: I think, yeah, and it's some of those things that you recognize are strengths, like really super strengths that you guys have that I'm like, I want that, but it's not me, you know, specifically, but I do end up like, you know, like challenging myself and stretching myself as a human being to get better in different directions because I am very growth minded. You you guys are very growth minded. I think that's where, you know, the confidence thing is unique because very confident and very, you know, assertive, but at the same time, very willing to be wrong and very willing to listen to a counter viewpoint, which is not typical, not typical amongst any friends I've ever had, you know, so that's, that's a unique thing.
1: Well, it's, it's to, to be when you're, when you're really confident, then you're okay with, not being the best or not being right, that's what real confidence is. Fake confidence is I have to be the one that's right. I have to be the best. I have to be – and what I mean by that is it's okay to want to be the best and to be – of course, I think all of us share that also. But when you're not, you're not looking at the guy who won and saying, fuck that guy. or you know, You're know, looking at him going, what do you do? And I'm going to do that. And that's what real confidence kind of like, and I, it's a weird feeling to have, uh, to work with people that you can completely depend on. Like completely. I never have a doubt in my mind if there's something that is being done by one of my partners that I don't look at and I don't have to touch or whatever, that I know that shit is going to get done and it's going to get done well. It's a very strange feeling. I've never been in a situation like that where I've worked with people where I'm just Totally confident. Like, I know if one of you guys is going to go off to do something, like, oh, they're handling it. It was a growth
2: moment for, I think, I think it was actually, there was a point Mm -hmm. where, because everyone's a leader in here, that where everyone had to kind of let go of that. Mm -hmm. I think there was a point where we're all used to having to oversee, overlook, have our hands in, be a part of, and it's like, as the business has evolved and scaled and we've grown... You know, we've become more and more comfortable with that is just saying, like, hey, I know I could go do that. Like Mm -hmm. I've I can I know I can do that job. I know I can do that job too, but I'm not the best guy in it. Mm -hmm. So fuck it. I don't even need to be a part of it. I don't need a part of it. I don't need to deal with it. I need to overlook it. I don't need to see it. Like I know Sal's ten times better. I know Justin's ten times better. I know Doug's ten times better at that. Even though I can do all of it, I don't need to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I need to just. What I need to do is I need to focus on the things one that I enjoy doing within the business, right? And and continue to push and accelerate at that and let go. That was and there was a moment I think where where we we did this a lot of like we we conversed over everything. Mm-hmm. You know, every time a decision you know, we was had, made. all three of us together and every yeah. little thing. Thing we did right. Yeah. I yeah. think there there was a there was a point there, and you could see that in the YouTube channel. The, you, the YouTube channel we used to do, you know, that was one of the first critiques that w- we got, and then I think that we learned that that wasn't a, a, an ideal way to do that. We thought it would be cool because we would like to do everything together, and it's like, well, fuck it. It's like if the if the audience isn't getting w- the most out of it, they're not getting they're not liking it the most. And why the fuck are all three of us doing it? One of these guys can go do this. Mm-hmm. while the other two could be doing other things? So there's been a lot of things like that. Where we've allowed the guys with, you know, the, the guy with the strength uh, or the better traits for that that job duty, and I think the the that's a real team. Yeah, that's like a real
1: real team. You know, you 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 look at a football team, you have your people who play their positions, and they're all excellent at, the, at them, and they're all such great athletes they could probably play each other's positions. But a wide receiver is not going to be as good at you know uh, you know protecting the quarterback as a lineman, even though both of them are extreme athletes. And I think. That's kind of what a what a real team is like. And when you have equal partners, it's very difficult to find that because when you find when you have equal partners, a lot of times everybody wants to be the man or nobody wants to be the man. Sometimes you run into that too. and you know that can be become an issue. you know one thing about Doug, I, I want to say, you know, when we first started the podcast and even till this day, Doug has really recognized to let us kind of be ourselves on the podcast and when we do certain things, even though sometimes he, you know, he grits his teeth, or he, you know, he gets a little like, oh shit, what are they going to say now? But he's always been, as the producer, you know, he's got the, especially in the beginning, he, he had a lot of power to say, no. I don't think we should do that. Right. We should cut that out. And Doug is very much like, well, that's your flavor. That's what you want to say. Let's do it. And sometimes he'll give us this input. But he does a great job of kind of directing things sometimes. Without even making us feel like that's what's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's fucking, it's absolutely brilliant. It's do you, just,
2: steering. Do you guys think there's been parts of the business that we've had, we've had, or you personally have struggled with letting go of? Like I remember teasing Doug for a long time. Like it was so hard to get Doug to let go of some of the, all the tasks that he does. Still to this day, if I had to say anyone struggles with letting go of tasks, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Doug, which is a great trait, yeah. right? The fact that we have this yeah. killer who is just wants to do everything, but the business has grown so much that it's impossible for Doug to handle all those things anymore and so prying them out of his hands yeah. to give to somebody else and then watching that transition is always entertaining for me. Have you guys felt that in the business yourself? Have there been things that you felt like you've like finally like, you know what? Fuck it, I don't even want to You do
1: know it. when I feel that, it's not because I don't want to let it go. It's because I enjoy I, there may be a st- something that I enjoy doing. That's what
2: I mean. Even something yeah. that you because that, that's yeah. I think that's the case with all of us. Yeah, like, yeah, there, yeah. there's parts of the business that hey, I like doing yeah, that too, yeah, yeah. but it's like, uh, maybe I'm not the best yeah. guy for that who cares? I
1: I like being on I like to be on mics and I like to be on camera. Those two things I enjoy Doing yeah. and so you know I, I I would automatically want to be able to be on camera to deliver what I'm going to say or be on a mic and talk those are my favorite things to do um, and uh, you know we're all we all do that so that's something that we all share you know the, the writing and the content uh, that's not an issue because I think you guys don't like doing that I don't think most people yeah. don't like to do that it's a, it, well that's e- also even been, I can sometimes that's take also
2: that. been an incredible trait about you is yeah. that I know you don't love that. I mean, I'm not stupid, you know. There's very—I don't know anybody that really loves to just. Maybe if you didn't like the camera and the mic, you might love to do that. But very few people love to sit down and just grind and write. You're just the fucking best at it. I know Justin yeah. could do it. I know I can do it. I had to. As a trainer, you have to be able to have that knowledge mm-hmm. and that education and put it on paper. But for me, that just takes ten hours to create something that you can create in twenty minutes. Right. So, and it, I tell you what, a
1: learning a process that was because if if I feel inspired to write or create something it'll just come out of me and it's fucking great. If I don't feel inspired, oh my God, man, I got to sit there and make it happen. And that is what I've learned to do that I didn't do before. Because in the past, if I wrote something, it's I felt like it. And if I didn't, I didn't do it at all. Mm-hmm. But now I'm learning how to like, okay, outline things, write them out, like make it happen. That's been a little bit difficult. I think i have just watching you guys do that too on your own, man. Yeah. It's been pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I, and that's the thing too. Like I look at, my strengths and and my weaknesses and like things that I feel like I, I can improve and get better. And so I'm like my, my biggest like hurdle, I guess like this is like a sports analogy, but like, I don't like being benched, you know, (laughs) I fucking hate being benched. And uh, I, but I've, I've done it for a season or two Mm -hmm. and I've learned a lot in that experience. And that's carried with me. And thank God it did cause now I can recognize, you know, that there's other people more talented me in certain directions. Right. And so, you know, like, so for instance, for YouTube, like that's one of those things, like I, I painfully like want to be better. Like I, I want so bad to be better and like to convey information and to like deliver it and be like punctual and and like have this sort of um, have it just all come to me, you know, like, it just happens. You know, like I remember struggling with the podcast, but it's like, I had times I had reps. I had, you know, like that's something I could practice and work on every day. Uh, and so like, but at the same time, like I don't enjoy teaching people through video. Like I don't enjoy that. That that came across, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't enjoy that. I like, I like making people laugh and I like, um, you know, lightening it up. And, um, that's just sort of more of my wheelhouse if you will. But, uh, so I'm figuring that out, and that's that's been a struggle of mine. But at the same time, fuck, you know, like I recognize like how talented you guys are at it, and it, it makes me happy. You know that that the the business you know can thrive in that direction. But I'll tell you what, like it's been fucking hard because I'm I am not
2: a benched mm. athlete. Mm. Yeah, you don't think of, I don't think of it like that. Like you know, what's funny is I don't think I've had a hard time. I'm like Mister Delegate. I love to delegate. But what I am, though, is I'll also do every job, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love to come in and, like, even, like, when we when we first got into editing and I saw that that was going to be a hurdle, like, I went out, I fucking bought the software, I was at home, I was fucking around with my GoPro, teaching myself to do it because I want to know how to do it, to know, one, how hard it is to do it, what it should take to be able to do it. So then again, I could teach somebody else to do mm-hmm. it and make them do it. Like, that's – I like that. So I actually don't mind letting go. Like, I've I've always had a – as uh, that's part of what is, has accelerated me as a leader is being okay with that. it's being okay with and this is something i always, I'm always pushing Doug in this direction of like you know this is this is the ultimate place to get into leadership is when you're okay with that. like you know that you can do this job like you know you can do all parts of it if you need to, but then empowering somebody else to take to step into that role. and so I don't think of it as like a bench like, even like the editing, what I know is that I could do something like that if I if I needed to, and I understand the job. But I want to see right. I want to see the best man or woman in this facility run that. And even like the YouTube videos, like I don't want to do the YouTube videos. We're so I'm so as of right now, I'm one of the better ones out of all of us to do the YouTube videos. I don't want to fucking do them. Mm-hmm. I can't wait the day that we have this younger generation that comes up that lo- like your daughter who loves to be on that platform loves to do all those things and that they- i can let them flourish and be in there i'll take a backseat real fucking quick real quick i got no problem stepping out of that role and that yeah. and the same thing goes for every other position that we've created at one point from taylor's to katrina's to all these all these positions to ants, all these people within the facility and stuff i've done all the roles i've yeah. played all those those parts of it just enough to know what need what we need to know inside that business, but well, I'll let go of it real quick.
3: Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been getting better at that. Yeah. This is a well, piece. Like, it's, th- it's an ego thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you I, just kind of get used to like okay, you recognize like things are working. Let's not like mess with that.
1: I think that the, 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 when you look at great teams and, and great whether it's sports, business, uh, bands, whatever, what always fucks them up is egos. It's always what fucks them 100%, up. Always sure. every single time. And if you can put that aside and recognize that any win is a win for everybody, and any loss is a loss for everybody, and that it's all moving towards the same direction, and you're comfortable with who you are, you're going to be okay. It's when the egos start to clash, and the people start to feel like they need to do this, and the other person needs to do that, and I'm in charge, and you're not, and we're going to that's when you start to have problems, and that's when great things uh, fail. And uh, I will be damned. If uh, you know, I allow that to happen uh, with anything that I am in, involved in, especially with you guys, knowing what the ultimate purpose behind uh, mind pumping is and what we started this for, which is I feel like a higher purpose, up you know, bigger than us. I think
2: it's too it's too late for that to even to be possible. I really do. And someone probably listening thinks that's crazy for me to say that, but I think the way we we all look at this literally like our baby, and we've already raised it to be a, a young child already. It's not it's not a ba- infant anymore. It's a growing growing young adult that's growing up right now and we're all so proud of it and all of us are that exact the same the way you guys father your kids is all you put your ego aside and you guys have this ability which I think is so awesome I think we all have that same thing in business like we all look at the business as if it was our child and truly like as if it was our child that the success of it the growth of it and the future of it is far greater than any of our individual egos. And that is a trait that I think everybody here shares and is the reason why it's been so successful. Absolutely.
1: And you know what else I want to say? What? Uh, the MAPS performance 50% <laughs> off sale. That's such a closer. Our pitch yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, it's 50% uh, off. He does the best. Tonight. Yeah. That's it. Ends at midnight. So MAPS performance still half off after tonight at midnight. It is no longer 50% off. You have to use the code green50GREN and the number 50, all one word, at mindpumpmedia.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic.